0: In this episode of Raisin Bread Talk, we speak to Angel Guadarrama, known online as Aesthetic Villain, a retired Navy veteran turned brand strategist and designer. We discuss his background, what led him into the military, questions surrounding masculinity, and how he believes you can be the best possible version of yourself, amongst other things, of course. Enjoy. Oh, I don't know. We you, you Americans with your happy holidays and it's slowly... Every year it gets worse in this country because of you.
1: Well, the, th- the thing is, is like... So, like, happy holidays... I don't know. who, Who's that for? Is it Jews? I think it's, it's, for, Muslims, I think it's for all you of them. That. I, no, I'll tell you what it is. I bet you... And not a single in... p- black person celebrates Kwanzaa. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, no. I here's, here's
0: what I, Here's my two cents. I reckon it got brought in when eid happened to fall near christmas and it was it a did. white person who came 20 up 20 years it. ago
2: right yeah so it
0: was white per- it was a white person who came up with it and they were too ignorant to know that eid moves correct and so they they will have gone we need to call it happy holidays so we don't upset the muslims when actually you look more offensive because you haven't taken into account the fact that
1: the fucking holiday moves are you trying to say it was a white woman who did this? You could just say oh, that. Oh, easily, hundred percent, hundred percent, definitely a white American woman trying her best. <laughs> right. What's up, guys? Yeah, no, this is a great way to intro the show. Uh, what's up, guys? Oh, are we on? Are we? Are we? Are we... That, oh, fuck yeah. that was on no, record. I, was it the reason? Okay. The reason why I record? Wanted? I started without you telling because I love it when you're organic. And you don't realize the, the camera's recording you. That's yeah. the best. That's the best. So um, so real quick. Pleasure to meet you, um, Angel. Uh, Yeah. Pleasure meeting both of you. So uh, real quick, uh, this is Raisin Bread. My name is Basil. Uh, This is my associate, Ben. Uh, The point of Raisin Bread, the podcast, is to uh, talk to people whom we find interesting and to hopefully inspire people to either question or become curious or you know uh uh inspire them to 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 explore the world around them and kind of more more deeply question what's happening around them since there seems to be less and less of that um i met ben mm-hmm. online we've never met in real life uh but i'd like to think to myself we've met uh uh spiritually uh Or you know, uh, in in some in a previous life, Uh, and so you know we got along together and decided to to do this thing. So, Ben, what do you think? Pretty good summation.
0: Absolutely, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Everyone who I've mentioned that I'm under, uh, everyone that I've mentioned who the time undertaking this endeavor has all told me that they think it's very weird, and that's very true and a very applicable word but to those people all i say is look around you everything's weird right now we're in the least normal time in human history so on the in the grand scheme of things on the scale of weird i don't think we're even in the top half
3: right
1: yeah, absolutely. And our guest today uh, is the love... Angel. I don't even know your last name. Oh man,
3: Guadarrama. I don't know if people really want to say that word three times fast, but, a... but it's Guadarrama. Guadarrama, yes.
1: Okay, okay. all right. That wasn't so bad. Uh, native I'll, native I'll native try it later. Like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to show so, off. I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you gonna roll triple
3: triple one his always...
1: And, Wait, and, and, and Guadarama? The
2: reason... that's, yeah. the,
3: that's one way of saying it, yes. The other way of saying it is with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: Guadarama, other
0: way of saying it. Is... That sounds like some kind of festival, like, a, like Bananarama, Guadarama. Sounds like. Yeah. Sounds like the name of a, an event. <clears throat> Futurama, that's a good. Go.
1: The reason why, by the way, the reason why we don't know it, I didn't know his name, is uh, Angel was kind of enough to jump in for a spot um, that we had reserved for someone else and I had a buddy of mine online introduced me to him and um I talked to him for god how long did I talk to you for like 10 or 15 minutes and it was no, just like minutes. oh yeah this guy gets it Fifteen minutes yeah like I was like this guy gets yeah. it this guy gets it this will be a fun conversation and I think uh, you know I told Ben about you earlier today and he was just as excited so yeah. Thanks for coming out to, and, and, and talking oh, to us, man. And could you do us do me a favor and just like let people know what you're about,
3: man, what am I about? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you to both of you for inviting me on this, uh, a bit about myself, ex-military, almost in the, I was in the military for almost a decade and, uh, I was one of those individuals that decided not to get the shot. And, uh, yeah, they told me, Hey, uh, if you don't get the shot, we're going to kick you out. And I looked at them wow. and I said, do you, do you promise? And uh, they didn't like that answer. <laughs> um, I was, uh, yeah, I was already, uh, you know, I was, I was one of those, I, I've definitely come a different, you know, I've definitely gone in uh, certain avenues, but even when I was in those avenues, I would take like a slight turn every here and there. Uh, so yeah, I was ex-military, uh, well, I am ex-military. And now I'm doing design, I'm learning about how to control perceptions and understanding how brands like Apple, brands like uh, Red Bull, brands like anything that you pretty much love, what makes them so great? And why are you so attracted to them? So how did I go from being a, to, you know, working underground in some base in Italy to now teaching people how to, or t- uh, coaching people and talking to companies on how to, increase their brand value. Listen, man, it's just making a choice. That's all I did, man. You just make one choice at a time. And one day I said, I want to be this. And I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to be the best version of that that I possibly can. So I think uh, I like to kind of keep my options open when it comes to what I where I think I can be best at. And I think, you know, I've definitely taken some some in- interesting routes. I want to do this. I want to do that. Now I want to do this. So that kind of re- brings me here with uh, two gentlemen on the Raisin Brand Podcast. Pomp- yes, yeah. So, yeah, man. Pleasure meeting you guys.
0: Now, has this has this been something that has this been a trait of yours? This say yes attitude. Is this something that has been naturally occurring with you or is this something that? you have manifested consciously
3: it was something i had to develop so it wasn't necessarily something that i had when i was younger i would say that when i was younger i was much more timid and this is me just speaking on behalf of you know, me looking back and seeing the, the story in my mind i know for a fact that i was someone who had more introverted traits i don't call myself an introvert some people do. I don't see it that way. I say to what degree are you an introvert and to what degree are you an extrovert? I think we're yeah. kind of flows on a spectrum depending on the experience and depending on the environment. So for me, uh, it was definitely something that I became much more conscious of when I really started focusing on my communication. And communication is part of those things that it's not just the words that you're saying, but also the hand gestures. It's also the way that you dress, the way that you style your hair, your lack of hair, if you like me, you know, it all says something about you. And what I learned is that communication is really one of the biggest things that really control the way that you experience life. So it, it was, I wasn't, I didn't become aware of this. I wasn't some just shining star. No, I recognized that there were certain weaknesses in my life, just as everybody else can. They can find out what is their weakness and they find avenues to attack it and to make it Better, you know, to change that aspect about themselves. That's what I did. You know, I spent a lot of money on taking, taking coaches, on uh, being part of different networks, and ultimately just knowing that I can improve myself. So, yeah, I wasn't conscious until it was. And then once it was, I yeah. attacked it forward.
0: When did that profit. start? When did you think that started?
3: I think that started back when I joined the military. Right. And I think that I think it was like that because I had made a conscious thought that I wanted to become a better, I wanted to find what it meant to be a genuine, wholesome man. And to some people, they don't really have those type of thoughts going in their mind when they're 17 18. I knew I wanted that because. My situation was probably more different than everybody else. I would say at least 99.5% of all other families. Because. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. wait.
1: Why? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: (laughs) That's so for people that don't know, and probably this is my first time really being open about this, I was actually raised by two mothers. Now, it doesn't mean that. My mother was—I wasn't like a uh, a vile child, or a, you know, I wasn't—I wasn't part of a test tube or anything like that. Mm-hmm. My mother had me with my father, you know. My father was around till I think about maybe one or two years old, and after that, my father went his way, my mother went her way, but she took me with her, took me with her, and from there, four, five, six years old my mother had a girlfriend and that girlfriend, her name is Liz and who I absolutely love. My mother's name is also Liz, which is kind of funny. Both of the names are Liz. (laughs) They, uh, they raised me and they did, I think a fucking good job for,
2: Mm.
3: especially now, especially with all this craziness happening in the world and all these Mm. different politics, you know, they were wise enough. And I really give a lot of respect and a lot of, admiration to my parents for telling me to just think for myself right don't be a follower become the leader and so after a certain, you know after being raised for 18 years i still realized that there were certain things that i wasn't reaching and that i couldn't do with being in my parents household so right my my second mother mentioned to me hey you know you can go to college and by the way i to anybody who's going to college I don't know why you'd want to do that if you're just trying to get a general arts degree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or you can join the military. So I thought to myself, well, I want to travel. Never been to, Japan, never, been to this, never been to Asia. Never been to all these other places. Let me try it out. And I think that was that moment when I decided I was going to do something that was this, to me, it felt like this huge risk. I'm 18, don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't get accepted to the school I wanted to go to. I just said, you know what, this was a good time to kind of just look at my life and say, you know what, what is it that I want to be? What is the thing that I think that I'm missing the most? In that moment, I decided I was going to be going off into this unknown experience. But hopefully, God, man, I really was looking for it at the time. Hopefully, I'll find some sense of direction towards how to be a better man. And here I am. I think I'm on. So, Thank I'm still a student of this. So, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, so what, hopefully that okay. makes sense.
1: No, it does. It does make sense. And you know, I was talking to Ben about you earlier, and like, yeah, what I really like about this guy is that the path that he he is trying to take, or or was trying to take, or wherever you are in it. Seemed really sincere, um, and what I really liked most about it wasn't the sincerity; it was the sort of lack of resentment of circumstance, if that makes sense. Right. Um, because I don't know, man. Uh, well, at least this is what it feels like in society today. Um, nothing wrong with 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 with, uh, with having two moms, but sometimes it feels like people are like, um they fall into either two categories either they just kind of run with it right and kind of fully embrace everything that comes with having sort of a gay identity which is whatever more power to them or they end up being on the other side right um where there is a bit of re- it's there's a resentment i think and vindictiveness almost as a you know like like wow there's two i'm being raised by two women like what the frick? Like masculinity, I mean, that's a big deal right now. I mean, if you go to YouTube, like you type in masculinity, you know, you get like 30 Andrew Tate fucking videos and, you know, like it's the hot topic right now. And so what really kind of attracted me to you and to your, to, you know, talking to you was this, um, this, this balanced sense. So do you, do you know, I'm curious to hear, how either you developed that or what, like, what, what happened? How did you get there? Or was it not like that? And you, did you, did you start out vindictive? Or did you start out like going, you know what, you know, I'm going to go the complete other way.
3: You know, when you're 18 years old and you're really trying to find out who you are, or better, you're trying to develop your way in this world. And I think this is common. I've seen this in other areas too, where you go on this new path. And as you, as you start to believe in a different way of living and as, as you start to develop yourself, you start to look around you and you want to also change other people. And I recognize that in myself. that you know, I was coming home and I was telling my mom, I'm no longer this way. I'm now this way. And instead of and trying to also trying to convince her, this is the better way. And when I was doing that, I realized that that's, first of all, you can't convince somebody that doesn't want to be convinced, number one. So the entire idea of, you know, me going on my own route and, and doing what I wanted to do was my thing. My mom didn't see it that way. She wanted me to go there, do good in the military, and come out and, you know, have a good job, blah, blah, blah. Have a girlfriend, go out and have a wife, blah, blah, blah.
1: What, what any normal parent wants. Right.
3: To a certain degree. Right. Especially a mother who was, you know, to his, she's also a woman and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. a woman yes. is going to has different incentives and wants more, for, wants for a son differently than, you know, I would say even a man back in yeah.
2: the Absolutely.
3: 90s and 2000s. Right. We, the type of lifestyle that I think that she wanted me to have wasn't the lifestyle that I was necessarily attracted to. What so,
0: does she want you to have? Like you mean, like yeah. cookie cutter? Yeah. Is that what you mean by that? Right. Like kind of a yeah. I mean,
3: I mean, also to a degree, I do think that because she wasn't around a lot of men, right. you know, she did, no fault or shame to any right, to right her right, at all. Right? right, it's just this is what right. she knew. She didn't want me to be, we'll say, not. She didn't want me to be like her, my father. In her sense, right, her idea of what my father right. meant, and right. to my to my interpretation, I don't think I was. You know, I was just going out trying to be the man that I think that I wanted to be. I had to go learn all these that's, that's skills. That's
1: because you aren't. You aren't your father. You're a new yeah, person, right? Your angel,
3: right? So <clears throat> I'm trying to get back to the question. The question was, how did I get into this, or what was the well, it's just, them, it, uh, we, I
0: guess what we're, what we're wanting to get into initially is basically, and we've said this on other episodes, so this, I yeah. worry this is going to become a bit of a tagline, but there is an <laughs> excellent podcast called Trigonometry, and they have a fantastic opening question, which is how are you where you are? and it's such a beautifully and that's um, we basically haven't found a synonymous way of asking that question without blatantly ripping them off so thanks fellas so we (laughs) want to know we want to know yo shout out to trigonometry
1: (laughs) yeah yeah again right but
0: it's because it's and and you're you're doing that you know it's it's like we like one thing that i'd really like to go into is almost I, I i don't i was thinking of this as you were talking i was sort of reacting to what you were saying and I don't, I don't want this just to become a a podcast of whatever happened to the gays but what what I mean by this is like I almost feel it's a testament to your character and who you've become
1: mm-hmm.
0: that when when you were raised by two mothers it was let's say it wasn't societally endorsed
4: oh definitely um, wasn't the
0: same oh, way that it is wasn't. now so it's like the first, like, so what? What I mean by that is today, it's almost like the last person who has to accept their homosexuality is the homosexual in question, because society's already done it. Like when I when I was growing up, I mean, I say this at twenty seven now. According to Baz, I still am growing up, or I haven't yet. But um, right, yeah. still got, it's still got like the
1: water it, of the wool in your hair. It, yep. Well, it
0: was always yeah. It was always <laughs> that. It was always that. I grew up looking at um, I don't know the. I guess what we would now call queer people to anyone who's not heterosexual right. I grew up looking at them as bulletproof like you couldn't offend them you couldn't say anything <laughs> to hurt their feelings because yeah, they'd heard yeah, it all they, right. they'd heard it all they they had to go through it they they went through the ringer like I'm thinking yeah. of someone close to me like grew up in a, in a working class miner's town and like his in the in the eighties, and so you got, and so you've also got you got the AIDS pandemic, you have got all of this stuff, and then you know, and his sisters coming up to him, going, i like, hear, I'm hearing rumors about you going around with men," and yeah. and he breaks down in the car, and at this point, he's in his thirties, so God knows how long he has come, how long he has known in himself, but it was a different time, and he couldn't come out, and so, yeah. and like, I'm listening to that, and it's like you couldn't hurt this guy, you can't you can't hurt him. there's nothing you could say that would offend him because he had accepted himself first and it's like i almost feel like that's a testament to you now because it's like when you talk about your mum or mums both of them raising you be be your own man um and go your own way and not necessarily go with the crowd it's because now i know that homosexual parents are still in the minority today
3: yeah of course
0: but only only statistically i would say like societally and, and to what the general consensus of what's accepted i would say i can't say they're not a minority because they factually are but you know what i mean like
2: yeah
0: it's society it's societally endorsed so it's it's whereas when you're growing up they have to accept the taboo of what they're doing
3: oh yeah right and Oh the, yeah,
0: and they're going their own way with it and it's pretty clear in 21 and a half minutes, that that is abundantly clear in you, and I don't. I, now I'm I'm playing some pro, proper bro psychology, drawing a line like that. Do but it, that's, do it. it. That's that's what that's what it feels like in my gut. Is like your parents had to accept their own situation first because nobody else was going to do it. Yeah, and they went oh yeah way with absolutely, you. and now look at you.
3: You know, I remember, and you know, you're absolutely right. I think my parents. Did the best they could and i think at the end the problem i wouldn't say there was a problem i would say the reality was is that they accepted who they were right and i'm just gonna i don't i've never asked them this question but i know for a fact that they definitely went through some shit. like my family yeah my family and my blood didn't wasn't okay with it to a certain extent right and even through that, they stayed together and they realized that they still wanted to raise me the best that they could. Yeah, I do remember there was a point when I was either 17 or 18 when my mother, my second mother, she looked at me and she says, I can't teach you anymore. Huh. I have to let you go. Wow. And I remember thinking back to that and well when i think about it now i'm thinking how incredibly wise that was for a woman yeah to say that to me to a son to her son that she treated as a son right to a boy that she treated as her son and which i yeah. also looked at as my mother she provided for me she gave me so much in my life she gave me principles that i can still look back to and pull from it you know, even to this day you know I, I the other day we were talking about uh having to pick up shit, you know dog shit you know and how the guy across from me was saying that he's gonna teach his sons that he needs to take care of animals and da 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 man I remember when I would when I was younger you know my mother said no you're gonna go out there and pick up the dog shit. and I remember the first time I was going up there I was just gagging and all this other shit you know every other <laughs> kid I must have been like eight or something right and I'm like practically like throwing up my stomach yeah but I'm so grateful for those little things. Right. So those little bits of responsibilities because she didn't see me as someone that was like, oh, poor kid. He doesn't have a father and he's raised by two women. She almost thought of it as like, I have to do what this man isn't going to do. And so she kind of took up to a certain burden. And, you know, you know, she's still a woman. And for yeah. her trying to take up that role, I just have a lot of respect for, it. you know, Any, and it has nothing to do with, you know, and. I do have to say that you know there are people like that that will you know I, I'm, I'm very blessed i'm very fortunate even at six years old there was a woman that would still look at me and that you know i'm not her biological son but say you know what i'm gonna raise him uh yeah. the best that i think that you know so that he can be competent and capable out there in the real <laughs> world and so you know if she's ever listened to this you know i, I hope that she knows that i absolutely don't regret everything yep. that She's ever put me through and even though back then it must have felt like the world is crashing on me. I remember I was trying. Yeah. To eat, she told me to eat lettuce and all this shit and I didn't want to. And I was crying and all. No, you know what? I can look back as a 28 year old man and say, you know what? This woman did her absolute best. And beyond that, she did more than even another man. I think who would have actually done stuff. So yeah, well, what's, in,
1: what's interesting. What's interesting to me uh, is that she still she understood like kind of her limits as to what, right. you know, <clears throat> what she could or could. That's not a lot, bro. Like, a lot of straight women don't know that or don't understand that. A lot which of is really people. interesting. Well, exactly. But, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I was thinking about this today. Um, I don't know if you know about this, but Scandinavian chicks are super into black dudes. And so uh, I had a Norwegian friend of, I didn't know if I told you this, Ben, but I had a Norwegian girl off a clubhouse, of all places. Um, she was like, hey, do you want to, like, do you want to just, like, get me pregnant? And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, like, yeah, just some casual shit. And, uh, yeah, like, it, it was interesting because... <laughs> well, it was interesting for, for multiple reasons, obviously, but what I thought was crazy, or what what I, what I thought was interesting about it is... I'm just trying to play it cool, bro. It's it's a wild, it's yeah, it's a wild yeah. thing to say to someone. Like, it it was it, she thought that because I was like, well, what if what how what like how am I going to be present in this kid's life? And they were like, uh, they were like, uh, well, no, I'll just take care of it, and that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do you know and what that, I I am frankly
0: astounded that your first line of inquiry. Was as if it was going to happen. Like it wasn't. you were, It was not.
1: And I, who did. are you? Yeah, no. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, it
0: wasn't. It wasn't. Who are you? It was. Well, logistically, this is going to be a nightmare. Oh God. Think <laughs> think of the money I'm going to spend on air travel.
1: That is no, but also that. Uh, of course, you know me. Of course, that was in there. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. Is like why I'm like not a serial killer. Or like, uh, you know, everyone, every, you know what I mean? Everybody's always like, like it's, it's like, well, why wouldn't, why? Like, the only reason why I'm not a criminal isn't because I'm a good person, but because just the mere thought of the logistics just is the so broke. overwhelming. I have so much to do, and like, it just feels like. Remember those old commercials? It's just like <laughs> murder. Who has the time? You know, like, yeah, I don't have that time. So, no, but, but it was weird. It was weird, bro. Like, like it's, it's, and it's interesting to me because like, I feel like a lot of women think that way. Yeah. Um, less so, you know, what's funny because my lesbian friends have always been pretty chill. Most of them. Um, And there are these certain things they sort of get about men and masculinity that my female friends, my straight female friends do not at all. Like and and it's not to say that every one of them gets gets it right but more so that i am more likely if i encounter a woman who seems to be reasonable more often than not she ends up being a lesbian um and this includes upon no seriously it, like i know <laughs> clip that T- tyler clip that yeah. post that <laughs> shit yeah, yeah yeah put that on put, put that on instagram reels no but it's, i'm serious <laughs> it's like uh, she's like oh it's like oh this woman's being really nice she must be gay um like they're the ones who are more likely to sort of see that and I've always found that fascinating and mm-hmm. uh yeah Tessa, shout out shout out to your moms for for realizing that and yeah, yeah for not uh you know even though she did want you to have that sort of cookie cookie quote-unquote cookie cutter lifestyle also understood she also actually did it the, she did second, it. oh so no, the no, other mom yeah yeah my biological okay, okay. mother did
3: yeah i could see that you know my mother was much more of that nurturer style like you know they played the dynamic and i, I think that right, was another right. thing that That's funny. actually kind of contributed to me being who i am is that even at a young younger age it was still like a dominant there was still like a dominant right. and submissive dynamic and it yeah. wasn't dominant where it was you know negative it was dominant as in she was the she was the law she was a symbol she was the one that got to the truth and i was actually one of her like value systems was do not lie to me i yeah. need to know the truth wow. you know so she'd much rather deal with the truth than have to deal with the lie even if it was sweet yeah. right and and like i said like just what's her, her name what's her
1: name? name if you're comfortable sharing just the first name yeah her name's liz remember both of them they're both called yeah, Liz. Sh- sh- so shout that, out shout out oh, must... that's right that's right shout out to liz Liz is yeah 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 you you must have
0: been able to really freak out your friends at school like when you went because they both had the same name so you'd like oh yeah come meet my mum this is Liz and then the other one comes through oh so who's that oh that's my mum that's Liz (laughs) like if the other one was leaving the room it'd be like that it'd be like a prank that like only identical twins could play the fact that you had two mums with (laughs) the same name Like, oh yeah this is Liz this is my mum then she leaves then the next one comes in so who's this this is my mum Liz wait wait what happened to
4: the other
1: one who's on first who's on first (laughs) yeah man i mean like the reason why i'm kind of i'm really impressed by it is because she knew that in a time where the discussions that we're sort of having on gender and gender roles and masculinity and stuff like she's kind of ahead of the game which is really interesting
0: but i'm convinced that's why like on a personal note, I'm convinced that's
1: why it's because. You mean no like because she knew was who gonna... she was?
0: Well, because yeah. no one else was going to do it. So it's like, like, for yeah. example, like, I, I don't know It it's because I'd, I'd, I'd love to get more into. I'm, I'm frankly <laughs> somewhat delighted angel that you said on. Oh, no, I wasn't always like this because, oh, great. Cause now the yes. the fun bit is getting into where that kind of change happened because I'm, yeah. I'm not, dissimilar like I I would always for example I would say that I've always been an extroverted person uh I would but I would closet it at school because I wasn't much of a social center I wasn't a social hub at school but given the opportunity I would always occupy that role but I wasn't this Mm. uh I wasn't your standard sort of uh popular kid um, And so, like, I, I
1: found different avenues. You, like you don't, don't lie to these people. You weren't any a uh, uh, popular kid. I don't understand why. You no, I was no, I was no skinner. type of popular kid. Let's just but be honest. Like, so Let's just be
0: honest. When we, when we, when thanks for helping with the pain, Baz. But no, when we, when we um, When we talk about this kind of stuff, is like, I, and I'd love to get your view on this. Is so. Uh, Quick stories. Like when I started my new job, so I'm in design as well. Um, and we had a local school come in, kids at around 15 or 16, which in Britain you're coming to the end of your secondary education at this point, um, when you're 16. And then um they're coming in, and I had this one of my superiors at work, one of our directors, was giving a speech to these kids, and he was going, like, what I want you to know is that what you have. Uh, inherently is value. You have value because mm. of the fact that you're young and you're gonna go out into the world and just know, just know that you're valuable just by being there. And I'm sitting there just going, no, 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 no. That's exactly what they're not. Yeah. They're none <laughs> of those things because they're young. They are not <laughs> valuable. They, are, they have no inherent worth at all because yeah. they're young. They know nothing of the world. Yeah. And the reason why I'd say this so strongly is because I got lulled into that trap, I feel. Yeah. And this is what I mean when I say that your your family had to accept their situation because nobody else was going to. Like, I look exactly. at these kids getting told this bullshit, and I go, you are in for the rudest slap in the face from reality when you leave uni or you leave school or whatever, because yeah. you've been told you have something that you don't. What you do have is potential and time. Those are the things that you have. So you owe it to yourself and everybody else around you to become valuable by harnessing that potential and harnessing that time to get skills and get good at shit and get over your fear of sucking at stuff. And like, and then to tie it back into you because it's why you're here is like, so like, an 18-year-old kid who comes from a very unorthodox background um, join in the military because you want to go see the world and stuff. I don't know about you, I would have been shitting myself. Were you? What, what was that first day like in the military?
3: The first day in the military, that's a good question. Uh, believe it or not, I actually still had hair back then. <laughs> So, you know, first day, it's, I'm one of those guys that, what I notice is that when there's something new, I just click up. I don't ask questions, I just click up. Damn, guy's yelling at me, I don't want to be the guy that they're yelling at. But everybody's yelling in this entire room where you are getting processed. just don't be the person that they're yelling at. (laughs)
2: Pay
3: attention, listen, be quick, be precise, and keep your head down. Keep going, right? The first day was new, honestly. Just I never thought that'd be bunking. You know, I never I had a bunk bed and blah blah blah, whatever. But I never had somebody under you know underneath me. I wasn't living with ten other guys or you know. At the time, Mm. we were still kind of classing up. So at the time, it was about ten people. Overall, I think the class had about one hundred and ten. So the first day, fifteen twenty people. The first day really wasn't the biggest thing. I remember that I really didn't feel comfortable for at least for about like the first three weeks. And I remember the first day that I, after maybe first sec- the second day that I actually was in boot camp, that's when it actually hit me. Because the first day, just hurry up and just get to the end of the line. What, what hit
0: you? What was it that hit yeah. you?
3: The moment that I realized that I was alone. And then I was responsible.
1: Wow. Right. Because right. right.
3: right. the first. Thing wait, 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 said, wait, wait,
1: wait. Go into that. Go into that. What do you mean oh. you're alone?
3: That's a very good. That's a very good question. I'd love to dissect into that. I'd love to go into that, actually. So I think there comes to a point where. Every single person, when they get to a certain age or they get to a certain moment of life. Where they realize that all they have it is themselves. And like you said, the potential. I didn't see the potential in me. I was just following orders. But the moment that I was just able to sit down and just think about myself, I didn't know anybody around me. My mother wasn't coming to save me. Nobody was coming to save me. And yet I was still expected to perform. If I didn't perform, I'd be kicked out. And to me, that was shameful. Mm -hmm. right? And so I had this responsibility to perform. And I understood if I didn't perform, I'd be kicked out, which was then shameful. The responsibility, I think, is what hit me in the face. And I realized that I was actually alone. Nobody else was going to cover for me. I had to make sure that I was doing everything right now. My parents there was no safety net. Yeah. And so I think that was the moment. And I remember I, I like, froze up. I just felt, there's a very, there's maybe just like a, Certain amount of times that I can really count that I was literally, oh, shit, just felt anxiety. And mm-hmm. I was alone. that was that moment shit. of, oh, shit, this is real.
1: I'm alone. Yeah. I'm alone. Yeah. I'm surrounded no, by all these
3: people. I'm surrounded by all these people in this mess hall. Everybody's eating, but I'm actually alone.
1: Yeah. You know what's fu- funny about that is, like, I just feel like that's, man... You lucked out. How old were you when you came to that realization?
3: I had just turned 2013, so I just turned 18.
1: Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. the, the reason why I'm impressed by that, man, dude, is, is because, like, like, as an adult, man, you guys are youngins to me. I'm 32. Uh, new car smells He's gone, He's really not right
0: that on. much older than us. Listen, it's because he's, it's he's not, got some superiority complex because he was born before it's, 1990.
1: It's just, it's actually, it was actually exactly 1990. Please show some respect. Uh No, I... Uh, <laughs> oh, it wasn't, I, I thought
0: it was 89, so it wasn't even... No, I, a decade I you know what's before. funny?
1: Okay. I've never told you this before. No, no, wait, actually, this is a fun, fun side to comment. I I thought it was 1989, and then my parents sat me down for dinner once, and they were like, hey, uh you're actually one year younger than you are. And I said, what? Uh, And this is like, I think I was like about to graduate high school. And I was like, well, why does it say this on my, you know, uh, uh, my, what's it called? My, just like all my like official documentation. Yeah, everything. Apparently uh, back in the eighties or the early nineties, they, uh, I think American sort of officials uh didn't really know arabic uh crazy right and so they weren't able to like properly translate uh, like yeah no i know i know look i was there too ben i see that face and so my mom in an effort to to put me into school earlier right just switched up the date of my birth so yeah just because she wanted me, just like to show you how much of a tiger mom, my mom was a tiger mom before, like it was cool. So yeah, no, it's a it's a funny thing. But the problem with that is, here's, here's the the problem with that is that I've already been like forty three for thirty two years now, so it's not even. It's not like anyone notices, right? Like everybody's just like, eh, dude seems old. So, uh, but no, like the the the, th- the reason why I brought bring that up is like, man. The first time, I, I think I realized I was completely on my own. And I apologize because I'm, I'm under the weather. That's why my, my, my voice is so congested. No worries. Um, I think I was 25, 26. Like, there just yeah. came this moment where, where I was like, oh, wow. I could really be homeless. Like, yeah. if, I right. don't, if I don't get it together, I will be on the streets, and no one's coming for me. Like I came, yeah. I came from a pretty, pretty dysfunctional family. You know, shout out to my dad. I did the best he could, but like, no one was coming for no, no one was coming to save me. Right. right. And, and 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 a poignant sort of realization like that for you, it to come to you so early is. It's not just impressive, but it's I'm really jealous because it's like man, right. like time. Like, like that's, that's like, cause that's the, I feel like that's the key. Like once you know that
3: a lot of shit just
1: comes together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like while we're throwing our hat into the ring of like, sort of when this, when this occurred for us, like, you know, you said 25, 26, like mine was, I, I'd graduated university at this point. Like I, I, I. And this is what this is what I mean. This is why, if any, if if you or indeed anyone watching or listening detects resentment in my voice when I talk about the education system, it's because it's there. I we were so mollycoddled into this, like, and I mean, think there, there's a lot of similarities between Britain and the states uh, yeah. with regards to this, with regards to the kind of predatory nature of if you're in any way bright, if you're in any way academically able at school it's you're going to university and not only are you going to university like our ivy league is called the russell group or red brick universities as they're known same principle though it's just the old ones and yeah, but... it's like not only do you need to go to university you need to go to a good one so that we can put it on the display board so that then when we have parents coming around to show their kids at school they know that their kid's going to go to the nice shiny impressive institution <laughs> as well it was never like what do you actually want to do it was it was just so what are you going to study? What what uni are you going to? And it was like, and then I was like, oh, bloody hell. And then all your friends are doing it. So you go, well, I don't want to be that one loser in the pub when everyone comes back from for holidays who's not flown the nest, who's not done the thing, because it gives you the illusion that you've left home it gives you the illusion that you're out on your own two feet when you go to university. Now there are right. some people that until are, they sling back
1: like, until they sling back right. at 20 like, as soon as they graduate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like,
0: everyone, everyone in, in everyone that I know went to university. It was not really more than a two hour drive from their parents' house, which the UK considers a, a long drive. Yeah. So and I know much, <laughs> that really angers Americans. So like that is, uh, it, but like, the, uh, so, t- sorry, to t- try my best to stay on point. So what I'm talking about is like, I got swept up in that narrative so much. It was like kind of, it was because it was this, it was this, this idea, this pitch of just give us your time and your money. And it's not even your money. You don't, it's your parents who are keeping you going. And it's the student loan that is paying for your tuition. So it's money that I'm paying now. So at the time you have no concept of that. And like, I love my mother, but I resent the fact that she did all my loan stuff for me. She made my login. She made all that. She just did it. I didn't ask her to. She just did. So I didn't even have any oversight on how that was happening because she just wanted to make sure that I got it done, or made sure that wanted to make sure all the admin was in order. And now I look back as an adult and I'm like, no, I no, I don't don't do that. You need to let me do that on it because then I got swept up in this narrative. Give us your time and your money for four years. You'll have a nice little M after your name, and it stands for master. You'll be a 22, and you'll be a master of something. And then a uh, contract's going to come your way. Six figure contract, nice, with yeah. sign on the dotted line. And there's your future. Yeah. And then I, like, I, your 18 year old realization of fuck, it's on me. I, I, I need to do this. I, like you yeah. say, like this, this deep sense of duty that you had of that shameful. Cause it, you can look at it from a nihilistic point of view as like, if I get kicked out, I get kicked out. But, There's something within all of us, I believe, that is like. Well, no, I know that shameful, and not just because the the sergeant is telling me so. Yeah, I I actually know that, and everyone around me knows that. It actually is, and it's like so. Like when I'm when I'm when I'm I'm, I remember it. Like know, I graduated, and it was like, and my my dad was asking me, "Have you been looking for jobs?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I have." And looking for jobs meant scrolling through LinkedIn. Because I wasn't looking for jobs, not properly. I just moved jobs this past out. year. It yeah. took me 18 yeah. months to find a new job yeah. because that's how long it takes. And it was like, but I had no concept yeah. at the time. And then I was on holiday yeah. with my friends, I used up, <laughs> I, I'd used, and I wrote off the car.
1: I crashed the rental did car. You laugh at him? Wait, wait. Did you just laugh at him because he used holiday? Because I think it's hilarious too. Oh, no, no.
3: I'm laughing because I I just... Like, the idea of holiday to me it just it doesn't make sense. Right, like, right, right. More, right.
1: Like, I
3: was on holiday <laughs>
0: with my... I was on holiday with my friends and I had no money. The English fuck. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd done a summer job and I, had, I was using my money from that. And it was like my contract had ended. And then I... Crashed the rental car and then I need to pay That's off true. my friend and now I've got no money Jesus. Yeah. like and that and that was that was when I was sitting there going like <sighs> that was my moment of, of if I had to boil it down to one moment because for me I don't know if it was if it was such a, a, a snap of the fingers moment but maybe it was but that was my moment of like oh god I I actually have no money like it's you know I was still in with my parents so that was fine like it, it wasn't like I was going to be out on my ass but it was that was the thank God it came then and not any later but it was like that was the moment of oh I have no money and it's my fault I I'm the reason I have no money this isn't on anyone else right. I crashed the car but it's not even... I gone
1: but it's the, but here's the thing though like it's it's your fault one hundred percent um. I just don't see that. So sometimes when I hear young, younger people, uh, you know, young people like yourself, um, I'm so
0: gonna start rolling my eyes.
1: I yeah, no, you should. The older I, I we said get, it, the closer we're gonna get in a, age. You know that, right? I, I understand that, but the chasm for now, our oh Lord over over it, but I can only have I only have it for so long. So no, I I what I wish people kind of like you and I were talking about that bit by Taylor Tomlinson the other night and and you were like, well, you're worthless for the most part in your early right. teens, your late teens and early twenties. Like every people people uh you know Taylor the do, do, Thompson does this bit and Ben and I were talking about it the other day where she says, you know, you're not you know, you, you miss people say they miss their twenties and it's because they you know think they they, they think they miss their twenties, but what they actually miss is not having responsibilities. And what they don't remember is the reason why they didn't have responsibilities is because they didn't possess the capacity to even handle those responsibilities. Outside of the naive guys like you, who had to learn real fast, like 18, like 18, nigga, like already you're like, life is just me and no one else, man. Like, this is why I call you vaguely Asian, David Goggins. Cause like, that's a pretty intense, (laughs) you know, realization. To have at that age, and 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 it's 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 a good one, but I would I hope young people or people around that age don't, don't like. It doesn't make you less. You know what I mean? It's like that's just what happens at that. If you're lucky, like Angel, and and come to that, get to that conclusion faster, bro. Amazing, awesome. Do something with it. You, yeah, don't, you actually right?
0: Don't you don't feel like it, but you actually have a head start. Right, it doesn't yeah. at the time because like you know it's it's this idea that when you you go it's it's it, because there's still that knee-jerk reaction of when you speak to somebody like an elder in the family or something like that or just an older person in general when you're when you're a student and you go like and they go what are you doing you're like oh, I'm at university and then they go like oh and then you go I'm doing a master's program oh like it's it's this it's still that knee-jerk reaction of oh that's impressive when yeah. And like, fine, yeah. It's not like I didn't have to put work in, but it—it's the idea of like I don't know about the U.S. In the U.S., I actually like I'm a I'm a rare beast being a, a millennial slash Gen Z who is enamored by people who've been in the military. But like in the UK and in the U.S., yeah, it's there's the there's I think more support generally for the military. Like for example, I love the. Um, custom of saying thank you for your service like when you meet a retired serviceman yes. let,
1: let, in the let UK let me stop we you right there go on. let me stop you right there, it's just I don't know about you, maybe Angel disagrees with me, I actually kind of hate it because more often than not these niggas don't mean it like if you want to know right. how much the United States military actually cares about its veterans go to the VA's office and ask mm. for a doctor's appointment <laughs> Somebody I actually, to get
3: it someone yeah. told me to sign up with the V. I said, I'm not doing it. I'd much rather go through private. I, I just, yeah. I've just removed myself. Right. It's been a lot of, like, ever since I've been out. Um, and I would love to go back to your point. But just to kind of clear this loop, like, I genuinely hear horror stories when it comes to the government yeah. performing for the V. Now, other people, other citizens, they will support me, especially Fourth of July, you know, certain holidays and yeah. more yeah absolutely you know that stuff is super celebrated uh it's it's but just understand that when you get out of the military there's no there's no other support like you're you have a little veterans card but you're on your own again
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. well no it's like that that basically kind of no let's let's we'll, we'll absolutely get back into that but it's like the point i was the only point i was making is like in in britain it in particular and I, when i say in britain i'm speaking from i'm probably projecting but i actually think it's pretty accurate especially anyone who like me had a comfortable middle class upbringing the general consensus well, is you care. look at anyone who's going into the army or the navy or any of the any of the armed forces as ah oh, that was their fallback like the the yeah. idea that it you you don't Jump to the conclusion that that was their first choice, um, yeah. and that's uh, what do I, here, I though. do though. But I don't here. like that. I think I think it's I think mean, that's horrific because it's like it's when you look at it's it's only something that you can look at with the benefit of hindsight, and this is something that I wanted to ask you, Angel. It's like, what was it then that you did in order to to not compensate? That's not the right word. The the question I'm thinking in my head is what did you do to compensate for this feeling then of shit? I'm on my own. Yeah. Like, was it, was it the routines? Was it the, the, did, did that help at all? Like the idea that you had a, a regiment that you had to stick to.
1: And then, and then a follow up question, uh, because you, you talked about, and I know we're kind of throwing a lot at you, but I'm curious about this because, you know, Liz told you, uh, there's nothing more I can teach you and I'm wondering if how how much of that actually played a part in you jumping it because I mean when I think of masculine very few very few things more masculine than a, a navy seal or just the navy in general the American navy in general so I'm wondering how much of that played a part as well I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of that
3: yeah I, the moment that I, you know, there's, there's that moment of, it's, it becomes like a vacuum, right? When you realize that this this moment of, I guess, fear, because that's what it was, yeah. it was fear smacking me right there in the face and making me realize that, hey, I am all by myself. I just, I don't remember exactly how I felt that for the rest of the day, but I definitely knew that I was alone. Mm-hmm. The next day, it just said, do it again. And I Bye. think just the repetition, which ultimately became a, it became one of those things where it's like, you know what, I'm just going to go through it. And because that's the only choice I really had. Again, the the, the choice, which I didn't see as a, as a choice, was to just drop out. And I thought that's incredibly shameful because my grandfather on my second mother's side, he was in the military as well. He was also in the Navy. And so... I had also taken on that duty when you know, she had brought, my second mother had Liz, had brought up, I'll say Liz as my second mom, and my mom was just my mom. Okay. So Liz, Liz's father, who I see as my grandfather, uh, who also loved me as a grandfather, like the entire family over there that just showed so much support and love for me. And This is why it's I so absolutely awesome. adore them.
1: That's so awesome.
3: The love that he, so he was also in the military, but he was, he was discharged from he was medically discharged for because he had a rheumatic fever after being like a year and a half in, and so when he was in, he had a, he was obviously discharged. I saw it as part of like my duty to everyone to follow in my grandfather's footsteps. So it wasn't just me fear of hey I, as soon as I get, if I get kicked out, I'm not to answer my parents, but it was also that shameful side mm. of it. That I didn't I couldn't perform and I wasn't able to live up. Because that was like my north star. I was going to do it because my grandfather was doing it. were so many things at the end of this tunnel, this dark, dark tunnel. And once I get to graduation, I'll be able to see them. Those, you know, we can finally. I can finally close that chapter and say, you know, I'm actually doing this, yeah. right? Yeah. Because when you're boot camp, if you drop out, you, you technically like they'll put it so that you're technically never in the military.
2: Yeah, you <laughs> never
3: qualify. So now that I graduated boot camp, I can at least say I was in the military and that. It, I officially yeah. went through it and I'm actually in. So how did I get used to it? You know, the Navy, it, this is something I learned just with psychology in general. People love taking orders.
1: I mean, the reason <laughs> why people go to
3: jobs and even though they hate it, they still go to it, right? It's because it at least provides a sense I of stability. Fucking love that. And, yeah. It's just one of those things. Where we all wired the way we're wired and you know, for me, yeah, just not having to think and just following orders and just ultimately getting, you know, just yeah. le- leaning into that idea of, you know, at least it's one more day and one more day and that's it. One more day and that's it. And just keep right. doing that over and over again. And eventually just, you know, I eventually graduated and then I went to Florida, which I went to my school. Uh The other question you had mentioned. What was that? Yeah. Can you refresh
1: my? Yeah, on? I just wondered. Could- yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, no, and that was a beautiful answer. So I, I think, uh, no, you do great because threw, we threw a lot at you. The other, the other question I want, I wanted, or the perspective I wanted to hear was, you know, what, what when you when you realized after you had that conversation with Liz. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. And and she, and she said, you know, like, hey, I, there's nothing more I can teach you. Yeah. Was there a part of you that that was like, okay, well, why is that? My guess is you kind of came to your own conclusions and you're like, well, she's a lady. And even if she is, she's tough as as nails and it sounds like she is. Right. There is a there's a there's a there's a wall. Right. Where she may not be able to get past. And I wonder how much of that plays, especially, you know, with your father not being present. Played into the role of you not choosing to go into something like the military because you didn't bro you didn't choose the army you didn't choose air force you chose the navy it's a very specific yeah. decision and it's a very specific type of person uh and i find that really interesting and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what was that process like was it were you thinking <laughs> like okay i don't i don't have necessarily the, the traditional forms of masculinity around me maybe this is one way to, to 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 either learn more about what that might look like or, or you know at least expose myself to it what, what was what was your thinking as far as
3: i remember my choice to join the military for the masculine role didn't come until i was actually in the military so a couple days in okay i'm going to create who i am right yeah, before that yeah, yeah, yeah. when i was still at home and my mother told me that I don't think it really affected me. I just thought of it as like, like, like I was getting to the age where it's like it wasn't, it wasn't right. Even then, she's like, like, what am I going to do with you? Like, you just fucked up. I'm not, I can't, like, I'm not going to hit you. You're 17. Like, you're practically <laughs> a young man at this point. Like, there's no point surrounding you because you're okay with that. You, you know, doing? it's like,
1: yeah, yeah you're a yeah, yeah. graduate,
3: and there's really nothing for me to kind of do. for you. So it's like punishment isn't, so when she said, there's nothing more I can teach you, what she was really saying was, there's nothing, there's not enough pain that I can cause you, because that's really how you learn, if you think about
1: it. Interesting. So so sorry,
0: just to clarify, forgive me for stopping you. Um, This is your interpretation of what she was saying. This isn't verbatim. This is, right, this right, is right. what you derive well, No,
1: no it, it. it's it sounds, it was a it sounds thing, like this right? is what you process later, right? right. Like, Is that right, yeah, yeah. right. Angel? Right, yeah, right. Okay. Okay. But
3: she, when I look back at it, I can see the context of her, what she meant by that. Because right. I, I, if I remember correctly, there was a few things that I was doing that was kind of like, why are you doing it, dude? Like, it's not like I was smoking weed or doing <laughs> anything else. I was getting ready to go into the military, but I was doing something, and she's like, why would you do that? I guess don't. <laughs> but it's like it's so dumb that like typically i would get upset but it's just like dude like you're gonna get if you keep doing this you're just gonna fuck up your life and yeah. it's like i'm not gonna be like i'm not gonna hold your hand anymore if you fuck up oh, yeah. i'm not gonna do anything for you
2: like oh, yeah. i'm at yeah. a
3: point now where it's you're too young and you're getting to the age where it's just not appropriate for me to be yelling at you it's not appropriate for me and she really spoke like this she say it's not she didn't say right or wrong. She said it's just not appropriate for me.
1: And she, and she that. said that to you.
3: She speaks like that, yes. And like I said, she's,
1: Bro, she, a she's not masculine. Yeah,
3: she's she's not masculine in the sense that she's very like she understands nuance, which I absolutely mm. I, I I absolutely lost love. art. I love yeah. nuance. Like that's yeah, uh, that's to a point. Were some of the things that shout I shout out to her. nuance bros. Yeah, nuance yeah, yeah. is huge, right? <laughs> do you understand nuance? There's she it. she's very conscious of her words. And something that I absolutely yeah, adore I as well and something I'm trying to be as conscious as possible about is you know she would say things like that. And remember it's just not right. Like it's just not appropriate for me to be doing this. Like you're old like you're older. You're a young man He's yeah. about to go uh, to the military. Like I'm not going to scream at you, but at the same time I want you to know that because I can't do anything to, or, or to cause pain, I can't ground you, it's just not, I'm not going to do anything like that. I also Because of that, I also can't teach you anymore. If you think about it, it's like we do these, if you're, if you're a person who has kids, you understand, if your kids do something, you put them on time, you, you remove some sort of, right. you, you do something so that they can try to learn, so that you can teach them. If you do yeah. this, this result is going to happen. I was too young where, Certain things just weren't clicking in it. You know, I wasn't scared to have a conversation or I didn't mind getting yelled at. I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't mind, but it just wasn't, the lessons were well, Yeah, you, rich uh, yeah as,
0: you, as you get, as you, yeah, as you go through your adolescence, your stress tolerance grows. And so sure. like the, yeah, the right. idea, and then particularly, particularly as a, as a like, you know, I, I, I love him, but my younger brother was quite the little shit in his adolescence. And like, you know, it got to the point where I look back and it's like my exactly like you're saying, is it particularly the male to female dynamic being a son mm. of mm. you know that okay, dad if we really wanted to could still inflict some damage. Right. Um mum can't. Like you're not you're not and it it's it, it, the thing anyways. Is, Not physical, but also, like, there's not... it. it, it, Because what sounds amazing that what Liz was doing was transposing onto you, not only nuance, but the thing that adults, by and large, are better at than kids, which is the anticipation of consequence and the anticipation of outcome. So, like, you know, because she, she is reading ahead. She's reading six chess moves ahead where she's going... But she's articulating it to you. Like you know, right. I, I'm I'm not going to shout at you because I know that won't have the desired outcome. So yeah. what is that going to do? It was
1: respect. It was respect then. Like that's what. it... Like when I hear it, the it, way it, he it talks, is like...
0: respect. Of course it is. But it, it's this. It's this understanding. It's this ability to zoom the lens out. I don't know why I actually did a zoom ring there. But like it's it, it's it's zooming oh, the lens it. out so that you you can see the whole picture rather than it because it's not it's not just. It, It doesn't sound like a, uh, because you see parents do this. It doesn't sound like she was at the end of her tether, because I've I've seen my parents do this. I've seen namely my mum do this, where it's like you're so exacerbated by the whatever hell your child is wreaking on your life that you just go, look, I don't know what to do anymore. I can't, what can I say to get you to understand? And it's desperation this is not what I'm hearing. I'm not hearing desperation. I'm hearing calculated. I'm hearing that, no, no, I'm I'm explaining this to you because you're old enough now that I believe that you are able to understand this. Shouting at you is not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. You need to understand that because it's, and it's almost like, and then you say it took years, but then years later, you're going, oh, what? Yeah, what? I find that a very interesting conceptualization that you gave as well of like, it was something to the tune of, I can't inflict pain on you anymore. Like I, I, like, and, and to maybe frame that in a less domestic violence kind of way, it's to that point of you, know, <laughs> you go through your adolescence and your stress tolerance increases. She can no longer increase that stress. So like for you in, in the military, it is, it's the peer pressure of you don't want to be the one getting shouted at by your drill sergeant. And then, like, you know, in 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 my case, it was, shit, I'm actually out of money. Yep. And, like, when it's still safe, you know, like, for example, I still had an overdraft. I still had this. I still had that. I wasn't penniless, but it was, like, shit, I'm out of money. And it's my fault. I need to rectify this. And yep. then it's, like, and you have these stress tests that you, that your family, your familial environment can no longer give you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But how many, how many, like the reason why I think it is respect more than anything else is like, how many adults talk to their kids? Like, my parents didn't talk to me. Right, right. Like Like, if my mom said to me, hey, look, man, I can't hit you, right, anymore. My mom's four foot, I think, 11. I'm six foot two, right? There's not much she can do, right? But if she said, look, man, there's nothing I could do to you physically. And now you're at a point where there's really nothing I can do to you psychologically, and it is inappropriate of me to address you as if I am still capable of doing those right. things. Yeah. right and a, and as a consequence of that uh that improper imp i don't know you would call it improperness or or just that insuitability, I have to communicate with you this way Mm -hmm. for two reasons one one because there is no other way but two i still i still care and love because i think love and respect are sometimes two sides of the same coin depending on on the context right that i want to communicate this really important idea to you before someone who doesn't love you or doesn't care about you teaches you it the hard way yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. yeah. What my mom was doing was she was respecting what I call a role. She was no right. longer seeing me. She was choosing to no longer see me as a child, but now as a, right. she's giving me room to fill in that role of an adult. And right. that's yeah. what she meant by that. I, I mean, she was essentially leaving that door open to say, yeah. it's not appropriate for, more, for me to treat you this way anymore because I am choosing no longer to see you this way. Not only am I unable to, but she was also opening that door, foreshadowing, of me kind of filling in that role of actually being the man of the house. Because the man of the house, the dynamic is you, like that's the man of the house. Very different. Yeah. It's very different than if it was just a boy in the house, right? So, like I said, some of these stories that you know I have, and I look back at it's. I'm so thankful for, you know, and I mentioned earlier about, you know, having the, having me go pick up the dog uh, droppings and everything, but, you know, I can... You can really say no shit.
0: Don't worry about that.
3: Yeah, no worries. No worries. But, you know, I just, I can look back at Shout some out things. To Tyler. And... <laughs> I don't know what that means.
1: He's our produ- producer. He's going to have to censor it. He will clean, he, oh, he will clean all of yep. this up. So nice. just curse yeah. as much as possible, please. Go on. <laughs>
3: You know, it, I think my mom, my other mom, excuse me, my mom, my biological mother, she was actually the one that took a little bit longer to separate, you know, from the umbilical cord, you know, as they call it.
1: Uh, my she was the feminine mother,
3: one. She was, right. She played that role
1: yeah.
0: of the mother. Was, also, she was like, also your biological mom. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, they're, 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 that that's real. Let's not, you know, let's not, let's not overlook that. Because, for example, this is something that I I grapple with, with same-sex parents is the idea. Cause, and maybe I'm thinking about it as a heterosexual and that doesn't, that's why it doesn't translate across. But it's yeah. like, I sit there and I think like, I worry that we are in for an onslaught of, Parents who are non-biological walking away Hmm. because they they go it's not my kid technically, so therefore I'm out. Like it's something that I because and that's completely possible.
3: That risk is real. Right. That risk is even more real than people understand because she's not tied to me. Not until I was actually in the military
4: yeah I was still, I Wow was still really
3: yeah, yeah. wow there so was, they, they, they didn't substantiate the
0: do. relationship till you exactly. were an adult wow.
3: And there's been times where I was some of the reasons why they almost broke up like that was yeah. it was uh, really like that. They loved me they adored me and there was moments as a boy and when I was doing certain things that it was pulling them apart. My mother didn't want yeah. her to treat me this way what didn't want her to treat me a certain way. And of course my Liz was like, no, he needs this. He needs it. He needs to understand the things that he did wrong. He needs to, needs to be punished. And, you know, I, you know, just her, I wouldn't say it's goodness of her heart. I think, I don't think goodness is what keeps people together. I think it's, I don't know, you know. I know uh, maybe it's something I can actually always ask her. No, like I, I'm getting. I'm I would, hearing. I would love you, to yeah. learn. Like, why did you stay? What yeah. was it? Was it me or was it my mother that you stayed? Because, you know, I'm I'm no way shape or form. I don't deal with any of that with the woman that I live with now or that I deal with now. I have no issue with telling her, "Oh, you don't like me, fine. I'll walk away." Right. And so, there's certain <laughs> of, right, it's like I don't have a certain. I don't have like a certain need to need a performer need to stay around that, that for some reason she had maybe she i don't know what she saw in it what duty? i would say is think, that,
0: well it sounds to me like a lot of this is there there's a there's a sense of duty i i would say well, like it almost feels like liz liz had a deep sense of duty because you're right my, like like that like cuz i look at, question, i look at that my question week,
3: would be if it was duty to what duty does she owe it to? Because right, we, they weren't married. They yeah. were it's still yeah. like three or four years in into their relationship, five years in, six like. And to say that things actually got better in like my teens, it, it probably didn't. It just changed, right? So it's like. And again, I'm not her bi. Let me yet. let me
1: ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Ever...
3: I'm just as curious as you all. You guys are. Oh,
1: excuse me. Let, let me let, no no bro, I'm going to interrupt to you. Let me ask you a question. Do you think she loved you growing up?
3: A hundred percent.
1: That's it, bro. Wow. It's duty. Yeah. yeah. It's duty. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. me it is. Because yes. you're right. You're yeah. you're right. Like I, I agree with you and and I mean I'm I'm with you too, especially when it comes to this sort of modern day. And age and you know uh Liz probably comes from a, both liz's come from probably a different time where people sort of stayed together longer i mean especially oh, compared yeah. to, oh, yeah. to today right like i kind of find her and I, no disrespect to you just she's unusual bro like she's yeah. not this is not how normal women act like this is like maybe act.
0: this is the point Maybe this is the point we can sort of blow like it open a bit more because it's like this is yeah. – well, I've, I've, I remember having conversations with my grannies so like on my on that side of my family, on big Irish Catholic family. And I remember saying this to my granny like we were talking about because she was talking to me about um we, we were just shooting the shit over the current state of the world and divorce rates being very high and single parenthood yeah. being very high. And I was saying, yeah, because like, granny goes, I just wasn't like that with me. It's like, yeah, but granny, you had seven kids. You you can't be a single man with seven kids like that. That doesn't work. What are you gonna do? Date a new man with seven kids? Yeah. Like right, (laughs) you're you're gonna you're gonna date a new (laughs) man with seven kids. That's literally gonna be like dipping your foot in a tank of piranhas. Like they are they are they are gonna be adolescent girls and boys. Doesn't matter. Adolescent children, seven of them under one roof. What are you? What what man in his right mind is gonna go anywhere near? And what are you gonna? What your list of criteria for that man is going to be so long that it's damn near unattainable. You and this is what I mean about the sense of duty. Is I bet there were times where you and Grandpa wanted to throw in the towel, but you had a duty to your to your to your kids. And I I think you're right, Baz. That definitely, see, like when we say duty to what, we ask duty to what when it comes to Liz. Is like I don't don't know that the the adult that you were yet to become like she she uh, knew something something was lying dormant in there she knew that there's going to be a fallout because it's like because this is the main thing like for example and i'm I'm, will try not to harp on about it too much but it is a big big concern of mine particularly with gay couples having kids by ivf because it's like, like i was chatting to can't remember who but it was like someone very close to me and we were talking about how it's like um i said how i was opining of the idea that if it were me, and I wasn't biologically tied to it, but we entered it as equals, I would struggle with that over time. Um, Now, you were already here, and your, and Liz knew about your conception and how that came to be, and like, were your mum and dad married? They weren't married, but like anyway. So like doesn't that actually doesn't matter. But they were in a relationship, they had a kid, and then your mum is with this new woman, and it's like, and I was so I was opining that, and the person I was speaking with responded with, oh, but like with two men, for example, they randomise it and they don't let you know whose sperm's been used. And I was like, I don't know if that's true, but this is what was put out on the table because I was sitting there going, if that's true. That highlights the short-sightedness of the whole operation, because you're only thinking about it of this little baby. You're not thinking of the 80 years of human life and how the fucking thing is going to grow up and is going to adopt biological traits of one of the men and not the other. Yeah, and that's going to become a shock.
3: It's also yeah. it's also a shock to just identity as well to not say that you know yes. your father and to not say that you don't know who this this man, this man, and this man like not having that. Truth in your life doesn't just make wow. you an outcast in terms of friends, but it also makes you an outcast in terms of yourself. You don't know where your roots come from. Holy shit! And this is and this is something that I talk a lot about with men and generally with people, or you know anybody that asks me how you know. People don't understand how important identity is, and I talk to brands I talk to companies a lot about identity. That's actually what I do. Yeah, my number one thing is. The reason why it's so important to know who you are is because you get to know where you come from. You get to know the story that makes you who you are, right? This is why I don't like- That's so saying, important,
0: the story, the right. way you've just worded that. The it, story just said, yeah. is
3: so, so important because you can draw energy from that. Story, knowing, yeah. that you, knowing that you came from a lineage of kings, and let's say you know, some people, they come from right, a lineage of, right. of, of entrepreneurs. You can, call, like just by knowing that, i have this blood inside of me yes it it allows you to drive right it allows you to keep going forward
0: and what's crazy about that sorry to cut you off like because what's crazy about that just thinking about it is like even if your story your history is negative that's still a source of drive
3: a source of which drive. is that's right. wild
0: like just the idea like you know if you if you come from a lineage like you say let's say of entrepreneurs or like let's say you come from a military family right and you go like all right so i'm going to join the military to pay homage to my legacy but then to legacy. The same token, if you come from a family of utter failures and then you go into the military and you make a success out of your career. You break the curse. That, exactly. That, but that story has just as much weight, yes. which, which is mental when you think about it. The idea that if you come from the high road or the low road, it's still just as powerful for you.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. Identity Sorry, back is... to what you were saying.
0: Sidetracked Absolutely. Slightly.
3: Absolutely. I, I think identity is one of the most important things a family can instill inside of a young adolescent. Yeah, You are, when you, the most powerful spell, something that I talk a lot about is spells. What a spell is, is simply your way of calling out something to be true, right? So I say, I am. The most powerful spell there is, is I am. I am angel. That's my name. And then there's people who say, I am I hate saying. It. I just even the thought of like saying this next thing. Just I am. Some people say, "Oh, I feel dumb," or "I am dumb." Like they will say that, and I'm thinking that is the dumbest spell anybody can say because that oh, "I am" yeah. is is the identity, and your right. subconscious works in a way that it doesn't discern what is actually right what is actually factual or not factual. When you say "I am something," you will therefore find more ways to keep to keep. Uh, keep that leap going. Right. So
2: this is why I, yeah.
3: this is what this is where self-talk is so important. And you know, these little narratives that we create of ourselves is so important too. Like these narratives of knowing what your background is and also knowing where you want to go, knowing having a vision. Yeah. All of the stuff that I talk about with companies, I, I I know it because I went through it. I know it because I I understand how it actually affects the individual as well. And there's parallels in how you develop an identity of a brand or a company, the identity of a person. The reason why the reason why it's so important to name your child at the beginning of birth is because can you imagine that? Can you imagine right now, both of you guys, being where you guys are right now, and somebody asking what your name is, and you don't have a name. We use these things to identify one another. Having an identity is one of the most important things that you can ever do to a child, even if. You know for what it is worth. I remember one time I was at my friend's house, and this is how smart my mother is. Okay, my, my Liz is. I remember one time I was at my friend's house, and you know, some of the guys I was hanging around with, some of them were cool, some of them were kind of you know, in the bad scene, and stuff, but they'll still come to my house. Yeah. they respected my mother's. They knew it didn't, it wasn't until I was maybe about 15 or 16 until I actually started inviting friends over to my house because I was yeah. so. I wasn't necessarily connected yeah. with my identity of having two mothers. And you can understand, yeah. I was a young kid. Now, listen, we can talk about it. I don't care. The thing is, is that back then, I had this problem with not being able to... Okay, anyways, that's a different story. In this scenario, I had a bunch wait, of... Wait, 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 wait,
1: of... Let's get back to but... the different story. I want to hear this.
3: So, yes, exactly. So, the importance the of identity, this is how smart my mother was. And my mother still is. My Liz still is. One time we had, I had my friends come over and one of, a, one of my friends had invited his girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And he was telling, like, all my friends are just super honest with my parents. For some, like, my parents know how to bring out honesty out of people and it's certainly one of the biggest things I love about them. Wow. So they, they absolutely just don't judge people. They just, they're very, they try to be, mind you, they come from an area where, both of their parents are Catholics and all of this stuff. So they understand, you know, yeah.
1: criticism. Grab rub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah.
3: The, my friend tells him, yeah, you know, my girlfriend's coming over. Is that okay with you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. What's going on? And anyways, they start talking, and he admits to them that she was at the abortion clinic. That she was, she's coming back from the abortion clinic. And that he's, is it okay if she invites him over for dinner with us? If she has dinner with us, remember, we had a big big table. Absolutely. Mm. And I remember the girl came over and blah, blah, blah. And I was so young and, you know, she had also just gotten a tattoo that day as well. And the tattoo was.
0: That sounds like a wild day. Jesus Christ. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, hold on. I'll I'll explain it to you. She'd gotten gotten a tattoo and it was three names. And it was the three names of the babies that she aborted. And I remember that precisely because I I remember I had made an off comment to my mom, I think after they had left. And we talked about how she had, I found out later, I think that she had told my mom, because when the girl came over, she started talking to my parents, who were obviously very loving, very caring. And Hmm. she told them, I got a tattoo today, and it was three names of the aborted babies. I remember I was so young, I just thought, why would you do that? That's so dumb. Like the babies aren't even real. Right. And this is what my mom corrected me. She says, because she gave them an identity. She gave them an identity.
1: I mean, that's, I think they're a function of humans, right? That, I don't, that's why to humanize
3: we... The babies. To humanize well, the
1: babies. Well, yeah, like, I mean, that's why people, to do, if you wanted to dehumanize someone, what do you do? You don't give them a name. Remove their name. Right yeah and if you look at the history, i'm mean, not to get into a history of American slavery, but like they didn't give them names. That's a calculated decision, same thing with yes. jews right well they the gave them the, but they number. gave
0: them the surname of their master yes
1: Either right then. To, right right
0: to to, to ring fence them under his identity
1: right well they they true they
0: were like they were like a subsidiary of of him
4: right. Right, Which right. is even it's,
0: worse it's, in a way. It's even worse <laughs> than being given a number because, like, like for example, like Jews and sure. the Holocaust were given a number. At least it was their yeah. number. You don't even get your own name. You get you get your slave owner's name.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, long story short, like, a, but, the that
0: story is going to stay with me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because I, a, I say this like that it's a it's a very yeah. it's a very conflicting tale. Because it's, you know, like, for example, immediately my first response is, if you wanted to give them identities and humanize them, why did you go through with the abortion? But that's by the by, like you say, this is a different time you're an adolescent. It's like you talk about how, because I I used to think much the same thing of like, um, it's not even real, you know, it's not even, it's not, I I, I, I 100% believe that I would have thought exactly the same thing at 17 of like, yeah, like. Why did you even give him a name? What a stupid thing to do. But that. Go on, go on, go on.
1: I have a question. I'm I'm just going
0: to be here having my mind warped. You carry on.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, 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 well, I mean, look, I mean, that's why people don't name things. That's why when you name something that isn't inanimate, like, that's why people can name inanimate objects, right? Because especially ones that they're connected to. Uh, right? Uh, and it's why <laughs> I, I, I I could name, there's a great scene in Community, I don't know if you guys ever seen it, that show by Dan Harmon, where he, he's like, this pencil, Ted, and then he snaps it, and the crowd goes, like, seems horrible, like, they kind of, like, they flinch, right? And I always thought that was really interesting, right? That is a very human mm. way to respond, right? Yeah. Like, this thing things not even real, and yet they, the, the, the crowd had that, that response, which was really interesting to me. Well, it's one of the things I need Sorry, go ahead, Bez. No, go go ahead. No,
0: no. I was going to say, like,
1: to bring it, maybe, like, we,
0: we've sort of jumped around a bit, which I'm, I'm more than happy with personally, but it's like, to bring it onto products and design, like, I I'd say this as like a car enthusiast, right? So, like, cars have always had, like, naming processes for cars have always been big. So it's like like the Mission E, the Porsche Mission E, when they announced it as the Taycan, that was like a big event in the automotive world that, oh, have you heard? Porsche are announcing the name. But then you look at something now, like, and we've gone from things having names where to just having numbers, you know, it's just, it's the iPhone 14, it's the iPhone 13, it's the iPhone 12. And it's a big thing
3: calling it the iPhone in general, right? Right. so the iphone itself just calling it the iphone the imac the ipod all it became a branded thing it became underneath the i family
0: right but then it's like the what but then now like with just the version numbers it's 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 almost like it's got like i don't know if you've seen of late and maybe in the edit we can chuck up a picture so people know what we're talking about like there's a comparison between like logos from 20 years ago and logos now, and it's all just monochromatic script. Almost every uh, logo now yeah. is a monochromatic script, almost yeah. exclusively in all caps as well. Yep. And it's just they're all the same. Right. Gone are the days of like I remember. Do you remember the logo quiz? It was like an app that went crazy for yeah. all yeah. five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah, remember sitting good. there going like I remember thinking at the time, this when I was in school, like. Wow, how do you how do I do that? How would I do that? How would I create a logo where I don't even need the word?
4: Yeah. And
0: yet people would know what that is. Because that's when you really know that a logo's hit. Like yeah, right. exactly. you know, like the fact that the Coca-Cola one on that app was just that first C, just that curly yeah. shape on the first C. Branded, and yeah. everyone knew it. And then like the Gillette logo, the clue was just the double L. Just that italic double L. And you knew immediately what that was. Whereas I now it's everything is so samey and it's it's so like, and mate, you know, maybe it's because we've all got a fucking billboard in our pocket, and so you can put the script on there because we're all going to look at it anyway. But
1: there's probably an algorithm, to be honest with you, Ben, that's determined. Like, right, you I, I, like, so I work as a computer, I'm a software engineer, Angel, and like, you like. People were really confused recently. Instagram put up the status, which is a weird feature, yeah. by the way. I don't know if you guys know. This. Yeah, so. like bit, what so is bizarre. it? I don't know this feature. Of you course do you like don't. A... Jesus Christ. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like AIM. Do you remember AIM? Remember a- AOL Instant Messenger, you English fuck? I, I never that?
0: used thing. I never used AIM. That was <laughs> hate, that, um...
1: I've, I've never had so much hate for you, like in this moment. So, no, so AOL...
0: Windows Live Messenger? Is it like a huh? status on that? Is it like a status on Windows we...
1: Live Messenger? No, 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 we get it. You're an immigrant. So the thing is, is like, the <laughs> AOL is the messenger. You could leave a status. You could in an away message, right? right? And Instagram Instagram just put one up, which, to, to my dismay, they also announced it quietly, which also was really funny. Um, And it's just another attempt to scrape... Great data man you know a lot of these yeah. things like rely on algorithms and by the way it's funny too because algorithms are written by humans and not always accurate big surprise um and uh it, it's interesting to me because basically so much, i don't know if, if humans or the average citizen realize how much of their world is just sort of being calculated like oh, right. everything like if you post to your like um Status or whatever the heck they call it on, on Instagram, your they're scraping that data so that they can target you with more, you know, efficient advertisements. And you know, it's 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 fine. That's 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 probably why you see all these similarities, is because they work on a mathematical level, and hence the lack of creativity. But also, I think it opens the door when something really interesting comes through, right? And doesn't it necessarily. Does basically-
0: for something example, something that confuses me about it is like, for example, the all caps thing, just saying this as, as a, a as a designer, I guess, all caps takes longer to read. So, because it's you're, you're, that's why on British road signs we have, here's, here's a fun little fact for the listeners, um, oh Margaret Calvert and Jock Kinnear are the two graphic designers who developed the British road signs. And the reason that and they pioneered upper and lowercase letters because your brain reads the shape of the word rather than in block capitals when everything's a rectangle and your brain has to go from left to right. When you see a word that's got ascenders and descenders, your brain reads the outline of the word, the whole shape, and it detects and you can read Mm -hmm. quicker.
1: The reason why on British roads, go on. No, are you sure that it's because of that or just an obnoxious need by English people to observe proper grammar in every circumstance, <laughs> whether appropriate or not, just a well, needless we, defiance. We, spell, we yeah. spell borough on road
0: signs how you say it because we mm-hmm. put an apostrophe, mm-hmm. so we put B O R, And that's why you lost the war. war. That's why you lost the war. Which how you that's
1: savages why. say borough rather than borough. <laughs> but, um,
0: but like no so it's it's the point being that like they they work this out and then and the whole benefit of a logo is so that it's immediately recognizable whereas when you've got balenciaga in exactly or very similar script to burberry and they both begin with a b they're both fashion brands they've got a similar number of letters similar number of syllables and now they've got almost an identical logo you're, you've killed the primary purpose of a logo, which is quick identification to bring it back. identity. It's like you're, you're muddying your identity. like why don't you want why don't you want to be distinct? Why don't you want to be instantly recognizable? I remember when I was at design school, because of course everyone every, the luxury of being a designer is you're never unemployed, you've just gone freelance um but you're mercifully you're mercifully unchained down by work but you can just say yeah i was freelance for a bit and like everyone would come up with their own logos and everyone's fucking logo was just a a script of their initials yeah and if if you happen to have like i knew somebody who had the initials mn so lovely just s- some nice lines and then, and you can just put a color break in there to separate the M from the N, but all it flows together nicely. So, well done. That took all of two seconds and all of one kilobyte of imaginative power to come up with that shit. But it, and it, you just come up with but the same as the
4: guy next to you.
0: No.
2: Did
3: it work? <laughs> no. Oh, it didn't work. No. <laughs> oh, <God>. no it <laughs> it's only, it's only good design <laughs> if it works. If, if, as long as it's good design and it, and it works. Excuse me, it's only good design if it works. It doesn't matter. Right, uh,
0: data Rams. Uh, yeah, good designers, work. as little design as possible.
1: Yeah. Uh, on the topic of identity, I'm wondering because because I so just to give you some some context, but I met Angel through Knox, and Knox and I used to do sort of like the Manosphere rooms on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. and so I'm curious. I want to hear what your thoughts might be on either masculinity or just you know how you met Knox, and yeah um you know what because I, I my guess is that you guys have an affinity for each other in a way that is not a coincidence
3: yeah i mean we definitely met through our own little network we talk a lot now and, yeah you know him and i have always had the desire to meet each other in person he's someone who i've been able to you know be connected with other great people Obviously, you being one of them. He's always had a sharpness. He's always had a, an ability to... He's always been that loving, loving asshole that everybody seems to just, like, love and enjoy in the room. And I always love that because it's a certain energy that I admire, right? There's certain things that I have and, you know, there's other things that I don't have. I you know, have my own energy and I understand that I have my own brand. He has his own brand and I can just look away and I'm like, man, it's so skillful. Like, it's so graceful to him. Maybe he doesn't realize it, but it's like that style of who he is is just so him and I enjoy every single part of it. His ability just to... I have
1: no plans to die today. Yeah,
3: yeah exactly. But he also says it in a way that is it's Knox. It's like it's his own style of yeah. being smart, yeah. but it's like funny, but it's also like a sting, but it's also like, it's like a giant, like gumbo soup of feelings inside of that, but it tastes so okay, good, mm-hmm. you know? So Knox has, uh, you know, Knox and I have definitely talked, we definitely discussed the idea of branding, we definitely even to the sense of, you know, masculine traits, you know, why it's important to, to have certain, and even with feminine traits, right? I, I don't mind talking about branding or talking about, how it actually relates to being a human because I think we're all brands and this is true because if you can be perceived, you are a brand. That's exactly what the definition of a brand is. Someone perceives you and interprets you to mean something. We brand everything, right? What is this? Just a can. But the moment you put a a Red Bull sun on it, you know this, it means something and now there's energy, there's caffeine, there's all these different things. So we don't necessarily, See things as things, but we see things as tools. What is the meaning behind this tool? What is the meaning behind mm. this phone? Right, it's not a block. You don't see a shape. You see a meaning. Your 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 mind has observed that phone.
1: A uh Ben, sorry, sorry, I didn't this mean is to interrupt. A, sorry, I just really this want to, to pay attention to this phone.
0: This is a no dig at me for not having an iPhone. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's one of those homeless, Shout so, out to all the that. independent yes. thinkers out there.
3: Right, right. I actually just bought an iPad uh, yesterday because uh, I wanted to start writing. Yeah. I, it's like, I, why would I? Why would I want yeah. to write on a piece of paper and take a bunch of notes on all my clients and stuff? Right. And I can do from an iPad.
1: You know, that's that's the way I think. Right. right. Exactly. Uh, did you fucking hear that, Ben? Was <laughs> it like charging your phone when you live outside? You homeless fuck. Sorry. <laughs> go on. I'm real sorry for that.
3: So, yeah, exactly. So, we see things as just tools. Right? Everything has a meaning. This means stone. So, this means, my, you know, to some people, this is where they, to me, I see this as a tool to communicate, but also see it as a tool to make a lot of money, right? I can make connections. I can message yeah, right. you. I can call you. Uh, so, you know, yeah. we do these things with things. Why don't you think we do these things with people? I see this guy <laughs> as <laughs> someone that yeah. is kind, loving peaceful, and also dangerous. I also know not to fuck with him. Yeah. You know, other people, it's like, oh, we see that guy, oh, that guy, we can push his buttons. But we do the subconscious yeah. thing. But it comes out as a conscious thing. Right. I remember this one time I was in the mess hall, and it's for people who don't know, the mess hall is uh, where you go to eat on a ship. and In general, at a military base called the mess hall. Uh, we were in, I was in a mess, and I remember I had dropped the spoon, right? Because you know it's small spaces. You have to try to get all your things. And I think I had dropped the cup, and it just drops. And as soon as it drops, pop, 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 you know, it just starts making a whole bunch of sounds. And everyone looks. And I remember, I looked at everyone, and I didn't. I just said, whatever. Picked it up. No one said a thing. Five minutes later, somebody else comes around. They pick up the cup. Drop it. Pop, 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 pop. Everybody looks to see who it was. It's a guy that everybody looks. Man, fuck you, man! Look at you, you dumbass! (laughs) All these different things. But why didn't they do that to me? Right. Because they don't brand me as someone that they will fuck with.
4: Yeah.
3: I'm someone who's trained how to in Muay Thai. I've trained in and Jiu-Jitsu. I've trained in wrestling. I also train in a way that I'm obviously able to speak to people. I don't disrespect people. I do my best not to ever do that. I also speak in a way that commands respect. So when they saw me do it, their brand of me affected the way that they responded in public to me.
4: Yeah,
3: It's the same thing with other people. It's the same thing when some. and this is why I say, you train people how to treat you. Based off of everything that you do, you train people how to treat you. And they'll keep doing what you allow them to do. You, They'll keep doing to you what you allow them to keep doing to you. So if somebody would have said, oh, angel, you dropped the thing. I'm like, and I'll drop another one. What are you going
1: to do? <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's the type of person. If <laughs> I,
3: I understand. If you just submit to that energy, you're, everybody's going to get trained to treat you that way. Mm-hmm. So I've always understood that a reputation and having a sense of respect will you won't be treated you'll be treated differently you'll be treated sure maybe you won't get invited to all the parties because you know everybody knows that you don't drink whatever but at least i know that when i'm at work i can focus on work and i don't have to worry about somebody trying to make a joke at you know trying to knock me off my you know knock me off my chair because i made something drop in the mess like i never heard about it people don't care. Mm. I did it if somebody else does it and that kid's a clown, they're gonna pick on the clown, but not me. Yeah, so it's I a really good point. Because I I was was like, like, what, you, what do
0: you think? What do you what, so on that subject? Then, when you're going back to being a kid, because mm-hmm. I always now that I'm an adult, I think one of the worst pieces of advice I ever got given when I was getting picked on at school was just ignore them and they'll leave you alone. Because <laughs> and it but it ties in it ties in beautifully with yeah. what you're saying because by ignoring them I'm not changing my brand I'm leaving my brand to stagnate like oh you you can you can keep hassling me and all I'm going to do is try and suppress my reaction yeah and then all it is to them to the assailant is challenge accepted let's see how far we can push this kid until we get a reaction out of him because then, then, it, then, right? Like, and I'm, I'm, like, it's, it's the whole thing of, and you hear people about it. Like, I remember hearing Tate talk about his story of the lunchbox on the bus, where he had these kids hassling him on the school bus. Can you, can you, and he, can
1: you describe that? Who, what the whose it is, is and and what the story is described. Oh, sure, yeah. So, if for for the five people who don't know Andrew
0: Tate, the uh, <laughs> eclectic outspoken very entertaining uh former kickboxing champion turned kind of i don't know kingpin of some kind of empire we don't know yeah. what but yeah i think i think yeah. at this point it's certainly it's got to be right guys worth hundreds of millions but he has this story and it's actually something that i really really like about the guy is like i love the the tales of, uh, eating KFC on his private jet because when he had no money, he ate KFC, and so now that he's got loads of money, he eats KFC on the private jet as like a like an anchor point to where he came from. And this is this ties in beautifully with what we've been talking about about your story. Uh, he's never forgotten his story, and I think that's one of the reasons why he commands so much respect. Like he talks about when he yeah. got his Bugatti and how one of the because because you, you, there's only sixty of the damn things, you have to compete with other millionaires. For Bugatti to sell you a car, you have to compete for them to take your money. And he was saying, like, you know, part of my shtick was I'm a rags to riches guy. I'm not just going to keep it in some collection. I'm going to drive it. I want people to see it. I want people to be inspired by it. See this this guy who came from a council estate, which is the British equivalent of the projects, I suppose. So, like, a guy who came from a council estate now whipping in a Bugatti like that's going to be that's going to be great for people to see. And um, like I've lost the point. Of re- oh yeah, he talks about being you on the bus. The West West being West, on West. the bus. Yeah. Yeah. And he's and he's he keeps going to his dad for support. Um. And he goes like, Dad, I've got these kids picking on me. I've got these kids picking on me. His dad just goes, What are you going to do about it? And then eventually, it gets too much for the kid to the point where he smashes the guy in the face with his lunchbox and cuts him with the plastic of his lunchbox. And then they never bothered him again you know and it's like and that that but then to bring it back like that's when to those bullies that was when his identity changed in their eyes like because they went like oh he's going to do something there's consequences there was no consequences from this and now there is like and it's it's that's a very valuable lesson because like i i remember when i was a kid and i was getting picked on at school my dad that was getting picked on on the bus and my dad I didn't know about this for I think five years until after it had happened. My dad found out what bus I was getting. I got off the bus. My dad was at the next stop and I didn't know. He then got on the bus and found the kid and went, you know, pick on my son again and you'll have me to deal with. And then that kid was then ostracising me in front of everybody saying, Oh, don't don't, don't, don't go anywhere near him, he'll just get his dad on you. And I had no idea what he was talking about, but and my I only found out genuinely. I think it was five years later when my yeah. my dad told me it was like, yeah, I got on the bus one time, and I I found those kids. And like at the time, I'm sitting there going, like, and I still think it was a very good thing of him to do from a fatherly position. I don't know if it was the best thing he could have done, right? Because he dealt with it for me, yeah. right. and I. I didn't know. So then the other thing is, is it then let me be in a very compromising position where this bully's now got a new attack vector on me. Exactly. Uh, you'll just get your dad on you. And I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I'm sitting there like, so not now he's got a new attack vector plus the confusion of me. Cause I'm there going, what do you, what, what do you mean? Get my dad on you. I haven't done anything. And he, he was, he knew something I didn't. That probably really
1: infuriated strange. him more. Yeah, it probably, probably did, did.
0: But it's like I, 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 I know now as an adult that what my dad did was with the absolute best of intent. He was, he was being a protective, instinctive, paternal man. Of someone's picking on my flock, they're picking on my pack. I'm gonna deal with it. When it's 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 like that tough love it, it it really does tie into the point of like what you're saying about i can no longer provide the stress test that you need as your parent but you, now you need right. to go find it you need to go find the hardship because i'm not gonna like because at that point for example, yourself yeah yeah so like at that point it... i mean i was a little i was a young small kid so like mm. you know may, maybe maybe there is some merit maybe it, maybe it was the right thing to do You know, because maybe I couldn't actually fend for myself at that point. And maybe it wasn't the right time for me to learn. Who knows? We can say anything with the benefit of hindsight. But it's like, that was me at like 12 or 13 or whatever. Then, yeah, then you grow up and it's like, yeah, now you need to get that stress test. Because if not now, when?
1: Is it interesting? Ben, how old are you when that happened? I I think about 12 or 13 Okay, that makes sense. I mean I had a similar circumstances, but my parents didn't so I'm first just a quick uh Do it right yeah, yeah. Uh my parents are first generation immigrants. Um I'm a first generation uh immigrant. Pardon me for being grown under the weather. I'm a first generation immigrant. Um and so I didn't know English for a while and I grew up in a place called Greeley, Colorado. Uh home um yeah, the home. I think it's like the home base, or not the home base, the uh, birth birthplace of uh, Al Qaeda. Fun fact. Um, it's true, Greeley, Colorado. It's absolutely true. Do they have Al Qaeda signs? No, but they're the guy who, who Ibn Ibn I forget the dude's name, but he's the leader of the Muslim Brotherhood, which would later go on to form Al Qaeda. Mm-hmm. Went to school at the university my dad taught at. Yeah, it's fun. His name's on the uh, the the honor like the dean's list. Apparently, a smart guy. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> so, uh, oh, they don't put that on the billboards when you walk when you drive into Greeley, like welcome to Greeley, yeah. You know, birthplace of Al Qaeda. Um, but what was interesting was that, um, you know, I was picked on a lot uh, in elementary school. My English wasn't good at all. Um, there's arguments; it still isn't. But it, at the time, it, it attracted a lot of attention. Also, I was really obsessed with school um and doing well at school right and so uh it's a
0: bad combo
1: it's a horrific combo right um and i wasn't i wasn't athletic right and not having being the only like first off there's like what three black people in, in Greeley. like as soon as i leave the town like you know the diver the minority levels, the diversity levels like just plummet right but like, uh, and the other two are my mom and my brother, right? Because my dad's, you know, <laughs> my, I tell people my dad's the, is white, but he's like the kind of white that has to get to the airport early. Mm-hmm. And so like, and so like, uh, like, we would, so like we'd have gay people come to us. So so I'd have kids like you know come up to us and come up to me and just like constantly just be be messed with. Like being an unathletic black kid. Oof. It is is rough in your early, early years. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what this is, fellas, but, man, I can add numbers up real fast. And so, uh, (laughs) like, great way to make friends. Uh, And so, you know, I got got bullied a lot. And um, I remember one day, I just snapped. Like, that was it. I i beat. there were two kids, there were two or three kids. I mean, there was one kid, I think one kid ran away. That's usually how it is, which is really interesting. It's like when two Mm -hmm. guys, like three guys come at you for some reason, like if one of them always ends up being a coward, but like, but like two, so two guys who came after me, one of them kind of like gave up and then one of them, I just would not, I was not gonna like go of him. I, yeah. And I beat, I beat the shit out of him. Like they took pictures. Um, I was in elementary school. Um, I was thinking I was like, I don't know, probably 10 or 11 or something like that. But they took pictures as like evidence, like what I did to this kid. And that whole time I had like perfect academic and, you know, sort of behavioral performance. And so they, mm-hmm. they were kind of like shock, shock. They were like, what the, and like normally we would just expel someone, but like, you're not, you don't really have a history of this. So we're just going to like suspend you for like a day or two. Um, and Which is you like know,
3: dumbest thing.
1: Yeah, well well here's here's what happened so my mom was super upset with me my dad yeah. i don't know if he gave a shit to be honest with you he was, he was I'd be proud out doing his, I yeah. do his but my what my mom did, which is really funny it's funny you say that that you'd be proud my what my mom did was in or she was upset with me and her nephews my cousin uh, who's much older than me who I looked up to at the time, she called him in the Sudan, which is where she's from where she's you know where half of me is from and she said hey talk to this kid because he just got suspended from school for beating the hell out of this kid and uh the the guy's name is Ahmed Ahmed if you will and and uh, she hands me the phone and yeah yeah and Ahmed and Ahmed asked me uh what does he say he says uh so he was messing with you and And I was like in Arabic, and I was like, yeah. and he like, was he white and he was I was like, "Yeah, and he was like, Good job, be back to your mom and that was it that was the end of the, that was the end of the conversation, like like he didn't care at yeah. all like and like and it's funny because after that day, people treated me very yeah. differently, yeah.
3: You become formidable. That's the yeah. thing that people are measuring, right? That's what people measure when it comes to respect. It's not are you nice or are you can you fuck? It's are you formidable? If I fuck with mm-hmm. this guy, what's going to be the consequence? Is he going to yeah. make me look stupid? Is he going to make me? He's going to beat me up? Is he going to? You know, am I going to look stupid if I challenge him? I look like there's. It's to what people are constantly measuring each other, and again, it goes back to how do people perceive you, and what's going to happen if they fuck with you? If, if people put those, if people put their general, hey, this guy's big, he's huge, muscular, you know, they're going to treat him differently than if somebody if he's skinny, yeah. small, kind of hunched over, and maybe has like a, like he's a mouth breather or something. i love saying that i love i think that's such a great it's great it's no but it's it's a great descriptor
0: it's a good because it tells you so it's one of those says
3: so much it says so much and this is what i say everybody is communicating and i don't mean everybody is in one word i mean every Mm -hmm. space Mm -hmm. body the body communicates who you are if you're walking into a room and your shoulders back your chest is out and you have a nice smooth stroll across the room you'll get a lot of eyes if you're dressed mm-hmm. with a leather jacket and you have a Ukrainian beauty chair right next to you, and you're walking in and she looks sexy as hell too, and she's taller than you, because I'm a pretty short guy, yeah, you're gonna get some looks too. Yeah. If I completely understand that how I treat myself and what I allow. If I were to have some other girl that's that's an architecture who's overweight, who's snapping at me, why and I and I and I take that out. It's a representation of me. And I say yeah. this at the same time, too. Who you hang out with is a representation of you as well. So if you're rolling with your boys, and some of them are, don't know how to fight, or let's say one of the ones, like a little fucking chihuahua, talks a bunch of shit and pops out his pro, he's yeah. a representation of you. If you don't check that, he's going to fuck up everything that you're trying to build. Yeah.
0: It's a very good point. That That's a really good point about. About who you're with, because it's it's amazing how. And I say this as somebody who's I'm not particularly into astrology or anything like that, but and I, I consider myself scientific. But it's that I do. There is an energy. There is, and I believe exactly. there is a scientific explanation for this that we just haven't discovered yet or haven't articulated yet. We've but there is an energy and people people can detect it yeah. about you yeah of course it's yeah. Speci- but it and it magnifies when you're in a group like it's amazing how like mm-hmm. how you said there Baz, like you're probably now maybe we all are of an age and a disposition where the coward who's going to run away when the group of people confront you you could probably identify him just based on body language at this oh point. yeah just yeah. based oh, on yeah. past experience like, for example, I remembered saying this once, like, because, and maybe this is like, because, for example, you said, Angel, that you're highly trained in, in various I'm not uh, highly
3: trained. I, I'm still training. I'm still a student. The right. I just right. So it's like the, the dynamics of it. Sure. We'll
0: see. But it's, it's it's the idea that, and I'm sure you've noticed this particularly being in the military, is the ones who are trained or Basically, the ones who've taken a smack are the least likely to go looking for physical confrontation. Counterintuitively to the untrained, I would say. They're the ones who aren't interested. They aren't interested. We were talking, Baz and I were talking about this the other day. They're not interested in um, a physical altercation.
3: They're because, not even interested mate, in talking. I'll even say
1: this. Yep. Yeah. I'm,
3: more, I'm more scared of the guy that is letting me talk. Let me talk and talk. Blah
1: blah blah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do this to you. I'm gonna do this. Okay, all right. Come on. Sure. But something's something's. Ha- your camera angle has changed, or there's something in front of your camera.
1: Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, just continue on. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's yeah. like
0: it's 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 um, like for example, you know, we've we've swapped a lot of anecdotes in this episode, and it's like one of the ones that I remember distinctly was, uh. We were walking, me and my uh, friends were walking down a path one night, late at night, probably the small hours of the morning. And there was a guy on a bike, like a push bike. And he was going like, you know, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, because he was going to ride into us. And uh, one of the guys I was with went, look where you're fucking going or what the fuck are you playing at or something like that, right? And this guy immediately chucks his bike down and goes, what did you fucking say? And then I remember but, like guy, you know, stepping in and going like, don't worry. He doesn't know what he's saying. Um, sorry about him, about my friend. And then this guy goes, like, oh, you know, all right, mate. And then walks on and then my friend goes, why did you say that? And it was like, were you ready to hit him? Because he was ready know. to hit you. You weren't and he and you weren't ready and he smelt it on you. I don't remember if I said this bit but like i i believed it at the time and i believe it now the reason he threw his bike down and the reason he squared up is because he knew there was an energy that you gave off that went i'm not going to hit you and he went he knew so he was like well i'm going to hit you so he was ready he was ready for a brawl and you weren't so like why would you why would you put yourself in that situation
3: it's a uh it's, like I said, I, I, I'm not only have, I, I enjoy training and I enjoy combat sports, but I've also seen what happens, Well, I've seen what the war can do. And I'm not saying individual, I'm talking about on yeah. a mass scale. I don't like violence. I think violence okay. is, I was so, part of, when I was, I was stationed in Italy, for people who don't know, I was stationed in Italy, and one of the things that I was I chose to be responsible for was, it's called safety. And my job was to essentially train all of my guys, everybody in the shop, how to deal with emergency situations. And I'm not talking about casualty to the system or casualty to a computer. I'm talking about casualty to a person. Because we were so, I I was working in a compound that was very much far away from everyone. We needed certain clearances and blah, blah, blah. And, and it probably would take twenty to thirty minutes before somebody actual help could actually arrive. Right. By that time, I would have to be able to stabilize the person, deal with the threat. So, if, let's say it was electrocution, I would have to de-energize that, stabilize the person, and also keep him from going into any more shock. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. First rule. Of,
3: first rule of of uh, first aid is save life, and you know, the next step is to prevent any further uh, injury. So I had to, I had to, I was in charge of this program. And one of the things that I was also in charge of, you know, being a part of this program, I made sure that I understood what the worst could possibly look like. So I would intentionally go out onto the website because we had access to, to the internet and look what would happen if somebody actually got electrocuted. And that rabbit hole blew my fucking mind. And I said, okay, how do I deal with the gunshot? And I started seeing how, and I even went to the point of realizing what would happen if someone would stab me. And I can say, I am much more fearful of a a knife wound than I am of a gunshot. Yeah. A gunshot, sure, in the right place, you can drop some. But a knife wound, it doesn't take that much. It doesn't take. A blade no. can slice right through, and in and out, and you bleed out quicker than the gunshot would. Violence, to me, is one of those things that I don't tempt. If I smell it, I'm telling my girlfriend, run. I'm not going to yeah. save you because I might be able to save yeah. you. I need you to focus on yourself. I will take care of you. Violence is not something that I think any man should ever try and go looking, looking for. I don't think it is honorable because violence is one of those things. It's never it's it, it, it never goes the way that you expect it to go. One bit of actual uh, uh, let's say you're in a bar fight, you hit somebody, you pop them right in the chin, they knock you knock them out, but all the way down they hit a stone, breaks their neck. Chaotic. Yeah, that's now violence. that's
0: that's that's now gone from a uh, scuffle to manslaughter. Manslaughter, Ooh. yes. Yeah.
3: It's manslaughter. Versus if you were just say, you know what? Here, please have your seat. We'll find another place. Thank you. Have a great day. Walk with Yeah. Totally just, but if they keep coming, it's one of those things. Are you ready for that next step? My number one thing is to de-escalate as much as I can and try to, you know what? If this guy really wants to fight, fine, he can have it. It doesn't mean I don't know how to fight. It doesn't mean that I'm not willing to fight. It's that I'm not, I'm going to do everything I can to put the brake on as quickly as possible. And if I'm ever hanging around somebody that calls for fights, you're not part of my group. Yep. You are a yeah. you are a you are a yep. risk to my life. You're a risk to my other yeah. friends. You're a risk to my livelihood. You're a risk to my legacy. Why would I keep you around? No yeah. point. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally me, violence is, 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 Sorry, go ahead. Is, Yeah, it just typically whenever you hear that Chihuahua barking, you know that all it's going to do is bark. (laughs) And it's one of those things. My guys, everybody that I hang around with, and all my friends, we you know every single Saturday we'll have we'll we'll hire a um, we'll hire a boxing coach, and he comes out here and we spar each other. We understand, yo, like homie got a fucking hit on me this morning, but this is us being tanked when it's one on one can't expect that anywhere else no so it's like you learn exactly to respect like what it is that we learn to respect violence and we learn to respect the possibility of what harm can you actually do and also what harm can actually be done to us it's not something yeah. that i would it's one of the things i look for in people is are you a threat to not just yourself but are you a threat to me are you a risk to me and if they are mm. i remove it i just won't hang around with them get, because a risk get, to get that out for help. yeah
1: now it's different yeah. now and Go on. No, no, I want to keep going.
3: I was thinking, you know, what's the difference between. I'm curious to know how do you guys discern if someone's being. Because there is a fine line between cowardice and the fine line between someone who's just avoiding violence. Right. And I think that line is cowardice is there's no other choice. And you know you're going to lose, but you still go and and you're still. Try to run away from it. It's like I think of you know the Navy SEALs, they have this thing where they'll take any unreasonable thing. So let's say, like, how like they'll say, How fast do you think you can run from here to that that pole? And the person, a normal person will look at it and be like, uh, maybe a minute. Like, nope, you got you got 20 seconds. (laughs) And guess what? You know you're gonna fail. But yeah. even if you knew that you're going to fail, how much are you going to fail by? Yeah. that's what, It's knowing that you're going to fail and you're still going to do it and you're still going to try and you're still going to give it your all. That's really what they're looking for. And I think that's what I look for in people, knowing that we're going to fail, but still doing it in the woods. Yeah.
0: You're right. That yeah. that That's something, because when you asked to go back to the original question of, of um, where is the line between kind of cowardice and just somebody avoiding avoiding the altercation is it's like it's it's unfortunately one of those things in life where you're only going to find out when it comes to crunch time So it's like because the coward and the let's call him the smart guy who's just avoiding the fight um they are actually the same person until there's no other option as you pointed out because it's only when there's no other option that you find out who the coward is, because the coward will still not do anything or try and run away and get out of there. Whereas your smart man, uh, if it comes down to it and his back's against the wall and he's got no other option.
3: Yeah, the coward was selling still- you out to the dogs
0: like right kill.
1: oh right exactly yeah that so that's that, the, that's I, actually I that's bro. another
0: good point yeah because it's, it's like i, I don't know I, if you've ever had this like, i've i've had this with people in in my life where like they know who the one is amongst us who mm. is up for the fight mm. and they rely on him yeah mm. you know they, they they're never going to do they're never going to do anything and i've seen this happen and it makes my blood boil just talking about it I've have seen it happen where they one of your boys is getting rude because he knows that big guy is going to step in. He's not prepared to do anything.
2: Anything.
3: Yeah.
0: But he knows yeah. that someone's going to come back him up and he w- he just wants to see the fireworks. That to me is oh, the coward before before the- crunch time. That's an example of the coward out in the open like naked.
4: Now you know what pray. you gotta remove
3: that you gotta remove that yeah from the group of people. awful there's no awful excuse stuff. for it. it's a representation of you yeah I, it's yeah. the way i look at this stuff it's like it doesn't matter if it's my girlfriend it doesn't matter if it's my friend it doesn't matter if it's my pinky ring it all says something about you yeah And i'm going to read it and people read it people are like oh you shouldn't judge a book by cover. No, no no i'm reading the entire book
0: yeah, I mean yeah, the entire yeah. book. Like it's not it's not, the, you, it's not me, you 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 are cover, mistaken for thinking it's just the cover. Exactly. You're not just showing me the cover. Yeah,
3: you are showing me the entire book. Trust me. Mm. And
1: I think that's the, what people do to understand as well. The thing is, is I at least for me is the I don't know if it's messed up, but honestly, the dudes I've met who've been really to uh, use a colloquial uh, to borrow from a colloquialism. Uh, a bitch ass nigga. What I've noticed is that they often like you. So, like, like what I've learned is like if they exhibit characteristics that I would typically might have to get that rumble soon, Ben. If they exhibit characteristics that I actually kind of attribute with women, and not the bad characteristics with women, but the sort of uh
3: Uncontrolled. Uncontrolled, yeah
1: chaotic, the tr- the dark emotional like anti yeah it's exactly when there's a difference between a man when you know you probably are familiar with this. oh yeah there's a difference between when, when a man's anti-social and when a, a woman's antisocial, right and when i see a dude gossiping when i see a dude um try uh uh, participating in reputation destruction um when i see it like regularly right like there's some dudes who do it for power whatever uh but when i see just dudes kind of just doing it when i see a dude who's attention seeking uh when i see a dude who's and when i say attention seeking it's it's a particular form right like if you wear a daytona Right on on you know the subway right. Only a few people are gonna recognize you know what that what that means right. They're only gonna recognize only a few people and a only certain type of man is gonna recognize that kind of a Rolex right. But if you wear but if you're like man, I I know this dude. because I used to be an artist and man, there is no one. There are no there is no greater bitch than in my opinion than. and an artist like most of the artists i met were just like jesus christ what is wrong with y'all like y'all are like weak like and not weak in a way like look man express yourself i don't give that's the part that's not weak the part that was weak to me was the spirit the spirit was brittle bro in a way that allowed itself to be subjected to they allowed themselves to to, to subject themselves to Hedonism to uh, in all forms, right? Drug addiction, sex, overeating, right? Stuff like that. Um, you know, like I said, sort of the characteristics before that I typically associate with dark triad, female behavior, and female narcissism. You know, manipulation, triangulation of friends against one another. Like, so if you're a dude and you you act like that even a little bit, I do not fuck with you, and I want you to stay away from me. I don't have time mm-hmm. for that. It's, it's
0: it speaks to the times that we find ourselves in, though. So bringing it back to, given that we're over a couple of hours in now, let's bring it back to the what we got into at the start, which is like because this is something that I, I really truly believe is is when we look at your mum, Angel, your your, uh, your mum and Liz, or well, sorry, <laughs> forgive me, they're both your mums. Like I positive. Yeah. I posited at the beginning that one of the reasons, and it looks like it certainly shaped you, but one of the reasons why they are the way they are is because they had to accept themselves. So to tie that into the conversation we're having now of masculinity, it's like someone overeating, someone with substance problems, someone who's ill-disciplined. It's like they're letting the rest of, they're letting everything else do the defining and write their story for them they're not Mm. writing their own story they are letting themselves be pushed around by like because it's a real thing right like this idea i used to i used to scoff and i still do to an extent i still i used to scoff at the idea of like for example i remember when breaking bad was on tv like aaron paul Mm. went on top gear and um Clarkson went oh for people in Britain because meth isn't really a thing here what is it and Aaron Paul goes oh it's this horrific drug that gets hold of some people and never lets go and I still don't like that conceptualization because it puts the responsibility on the drug which is just an assortment of chemicals in a crystal form that sits there inanimate in a bag and doesn't make its own way into the pipe and its own way into your lungs you have to do that or into the syringe, whatever. Like it, it's, it's even the language around that is abdicating responsibility. That is pushing sure. responsibility away from you. Oh no, the drugs got hold of me. No, you've got hold of the drug. That's not me taking away the fact that it's a very <clears throat> difficult position and very difficult to get yourself out of. I'm not, I don't believe that by, by, In my choice of words, I don't believe that what I'm doing is taking away from the difficulty of the situation in which you find yourself or trying to say that, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, get on with it. It's easy. Just give up. Just quit. Right, right. I'm not saying that. Right, 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 right. But you're you're framing it because the the thing is, is, it's like when you frame it as, oh, no, it's the drug that's got me. What you're actually saying in that conceptualization is it's then the drug that needs to let you go. Which is wrong. Right. The drug
3: can't let your, you go. remove you your ability. Oh, um, no, I've lost my headphones. Sure. One
0: second, make... sure. It comes out my speakers. Can you guys still hear me? All right. Yes. Great. So it's like it. it, it that that conceptualization is never going to get you anywhere. Of of like because if you're, it, it's the idea that you're waiting for something to happen, and it's it's kind of it's. It, it, I think that's a change that a lot of I was going to say men but I think everybody goes through it but let's let's focus on on the masculine here is it's like it's when that's what we've talked about a lot in this conversation is is when you as a man have had to realize that you've got to do it for yourself and that switch has to flip like oh I'm responsible for me if I if I get bollocked by my drill sergeant cuz my bed's not made and it doesn't match up to the standards, that's, that's me. That is, it, you can't, you can't use that conceptualization of addiction and you can't go, well, the, you know, the bed just, the bed just really, it was just really difficult. The bed, the bed made itself really difficult to make. Like you could, that doesn't, that doesn't wash. And it's like, but yeah. then you get, you get labeled as insensitive and I'm convinced that I'm actually being the more sensitive one. Because you're framing it, I'm framing it so that you're in
1: control
3: Exactly. and you yep.
1: need to be in
0: control give... in order to get yourself out
4: of that hole. Absolutely.
1: Can I, can I tell you something, Ben? The best advice I got on who has who the has be bad ADHD. Um, pardon me. Can you hear me? Yeah. We're good. Now we can. Yeah. Okay. Just a sec. Yeah, yeah, The best, the best, the best advice I think I got from somebody, a buddy of mine on ADHD who who suffers from it. It was a bad, a pretty bad ADHD. Was, uh, how I put this. So what? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and what like, and what, nigga? Like, and what, nigga? Yep. Yeah. And yeah. what? Like, you're act, at- like, like I. Yeah, go on, go on, go
3: on. I just take ADHD as a trait. I don't see it as a problem. I see it as a trait. Right. I see ADD as a trait. I was diagnosed with both of them.
1: Yeah, it's a trait.
3: I don't see it as a problem. It's But because I communicate and I see things, I'm never going to say something that gives me a disadvantage. Right?
0: Casting spells, because, like you were talking about exactly, before. Right. casting it's, a spell.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. If I say that this is true, even if it's not true, I'm going to believe it's true. Therefore, it's true, right? So, saying that you have ADHD, great So what? Yeah, that's that's well, the well, best. It well, well, is well, the well, coolest well, fucking well, advice.
0: Well, this is, and yeah. I know I've been going
1: on. I'm, I apologize.
0: Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I've been talking far too okay.
1: much. You're English. you hear here, two Americans, right? And you just the need for you just really to conquer um either conversation or people uh i think rises organically within you and i think that's something you should observe with someone else <laughs> Therapy, uh, <laughs> with, with uh, professional credentials sorry this is how we fuck around um, with each other just to make it clear it's,
4: like, but no, it's, it's,
0: it's it's to yeah. go back to to go back to what what i've lost i've lost our train what what would your your auntie your anti You were talking English rhetoric talking about has no, derailed no. it. Oh yes. I I so when I was when I was in my late teens was sort of my mid to late teens was the first time throughout like school where I had like a a I guess a I don't want to say dependable circle of friends because they weren't mm. but um a circle of a, a circle I, of friends I wasn't just bouncing around social groups at this point. I had a I had a right, social. Right, 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 right. Um yeah, and I yeah, I yeah. was seen as quite kind of like insensitive and like bearing in mind I'd had counselling at this point in my life. I'd had therapy sessions and all the rest of it. And so had everybody else, because that was when it was becoming on trend. And it was the point that I, I had I got seen as insensitive because it was like because their analysis stopped before mine, I guess, is the is the most blank way I can put it like so for example to take the ADHD example i actually have no problem with diagnosing somebody with ADHD or if i were to ever be diagnosed i've never been but like i've never gone for the tests but if i'm i'm sure they'd find fucking something but it's it's like if you were the the main thing for me is i have no problem with the diagnosis what i have a problem with is the diagnosis in the world we live in seems to be where the line of inquiry <laughs> ends so it's it's like, like, I remember hearing my peers when I was a teenager going like, oh, well, you know, I've got got depression, haven't I? And they'd give that as like a sort of justification for whatever yeah. whatever was being criticized or whatever. So, like, oh, I've got, you know, I've got depression. It's like, okay, cool. Now what? You're fucking 17 or 18. What are you going to do? Live for the next 70 years yeah. with, with depression? What are you going to do about it? Right. It's like, I, 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 I remember science
1: of baseline. And remember. no one tells them that by the way. Let's 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 be be a little bit more because it, yeah. like at that at, I just want to say like at that age adults suck. <laughs> like they don't yeah. because because especially in that environment it's again and again we might have to go to Rumble soon. Most like when you go to educative education environments, they're mostly women. Right. And unfortunately what I've learned is that most women are not Liz. I would, majority of women are not Liz. And so the way you're taught, like if I say I have depression, right, their response is, well, what are you feeling? Like, what do you feel? What's going on? What's happening today? I'm not saying there's not a time and a place for that, but if you're a dude, if you're like a dude, this is not, this is not. No, but,
0: but the thing is, no, but even, right? even that, even that is fine it i don't have a problem with that like if if, if it's like oh let's do is it about though it. is it though
1: no no it is no no it is, it it is
4: compared to what because here's why, here's
1: why here's why here's why here's why here's real quick i just want to say this real quick oh, go go i don't think it's fine because because i've i've read a lot about this stuff uh i'm fascinated by male psychology the reason being is because no one gives a shit about male psychology um and I, and and this if you want to prove that go 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 check out the, any sort of APA or you know sort of American Psychological Studies like all the all the stuff all the all the you know sort of recent stuff. I mean, putting the, the more sort of sensational stuff like the toxic masculinity thing aside, like genuinely, they seem interested in what men actually think or feel. Or when what men actually think is revealed, you don't really hear much about it. And one of the things that I sort of took away, especially as a kid when I studied this stuff, was when you are dealing with a young boy and he has an issue you deal with it as a as a male psych this is a male psychologist i forget the dude's name but it was it was just so brilliant the way women the way little girls and little boys deal with problems different with a little girl it's this sort of cooperative exercise with a little boy you treat the problem as if it's a dragon you are you are you get on your knee like if it's a little kid right. you get on your knee you look the kid in the eye and you go, "We're gonna take this down together, buddy. This is our fucking this is our monster, right? We're gonna this take it down. War. We're gonna formulate this a plan together." Yeah, but it's yeah. Like, just, and that I mean, works so much better for boys.
0: But anyway, no, let's it go. does. So just to go back, like, because maybe maybe we've got different framing from what you've said about the idea of oh let's talk about it and that sort of the female approach. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's not it's not inherently wrong if it's a productive it's not conversation. exclusively by the way. No 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 right, no but no what I'm, I'm saying, not saying is, yeah 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 no but one let me let me let me break it down and then then I might yeah, yeah you might understand it a bit better. Like what I'm saying is it's not inherently wrong to do the whole let's talk it out if that conversation is well-structured and productive and it comes to a good outcome. And it's certainly better than what we get instead, which is, okay, no more questions, Your Honor. And what we're now gonna do is we're now gonna try and bend reality around you. Like, you know, because what, what, what we get is like, oh, I, I've got depression. Okay, now we're gonna try and warp your reality so that you're fine. So that we don't have to deal with this anymore, we don't we don't attack the problem at its root. We don't even do the talking about it. We just go like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll pump you full of pills, and then we'll just try and shield you from anything that triggers a depressive episode, which is the least productive thing imaginable. If and this right. is what I mean, like I don't have a problem with the diagnosis, but it's like, as I was telling you the other day about when I went for counselling in my twenties because I was just having a rough time of it, and I thought, well, let's see if this helps. And at the end of my first session, the counselor goes, yeah, I'm going to diagnose you with depression. It's like, fantastic, well done. I did that before I walked in here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's like me going to the doctors because I've got a pain in my side, and then the doctor giving me a consultation and going, yeah, you've got a pain in your side. Yeah, I know I'm depressed. That's why I called you. That's why I booked the appointment. What I'm here for is a, is a structure or a solution, not a prescription. I want a solution. And then at long last, we got into it. So like at that time I was training, I was training uh, judo four days a week. And then she got into it because we actually had a, had a productive conversation about it. And she went, like, okay, so what's your exercise regime normally? And I told her and I went, what's your exercise regime right now? And I went, oh, it's, it's zilch because university is not in session. So the, the, the club isn't open. So all oh, right. Well, it sounds to me like you need to get your physical regimen back. And that was the best piece of advice that she gave me throughout the whole hundreds and of probably thousands of pounds that I spent on her. Like, was get a gym membership. Like that was that was the best. I paid I paid hundreds, if not thousands, of pounds to be told get a gym membership. And do you know what? Maybe it was worth the money because it sorted me out. But it's just it's <laughs> yeah. what I mean is like her line of inquiry stopped with okay, you're you're depressed. Next, there's a prescription. Fuck off to the chemist. Uh, Next one, next one. Yeah, you've probably got anxiety. Go away, you go. You look a bit skinny. Anorexia, not my field. Fuck off. Like you know, it's just it's so it's
1: lazy. It's it's it's, it. it, But 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 here's the thing, Ben. Like, and then I'm glad it worked out for you. And I and I I hear what you're saying, but you see how even with you, you were like, I'm coming here to look for problem, or not for a problem, solutions to my problem right? It's that same dynamic, I think, with little... Not to say that you're, you're, you're a young guy, and I make fun of you for being young a lot. I'm not saying you're a little boy, but like it's the same thing with oh. little boys. They're looking yeah. for that... Mon, the this instructions they need to slay that dragon, right? Whether Here's it be thing ADHD. Thing what? Go on. Go on.
3: Here's the thing, too, with that. You're absolutely right. I 100% agree with the sense that if a kid goes up... right, I've seen this in, like, life. A kid right. is walking with their parents and then the kid falls. What is the first thing the kid does? It looks right at the parents. Yeah. If the parents yeah. don't react, get do up. They know it's just a fall, I'm good. Yeah. And they go, oh my God, he fell. Yeah. They start crying because they're reacting towards you. They're looking for the validation. And, I, and you know I think we do that a lot. We go to the doctors to look for validation. From a medical perspective, I don't think depression is a medical concern. I think it's a cultural concern has nothing to do with medical.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree.
3: It's a cultural thing. Depression is a result of you not having certain things in your life together and that you're not practicing a certain part of you that is biologically driven inside of you, which is to go and conquer as men. Right. I don't think that's a medical thing. You can't cure that. It's a cultural thing. It's a lifestyle thing that you would have to cure. away, And this is why I think you're out. You know, the best advice that girl gave you was to go get a gym. She puts you on a lifestyle regime. It's a lifestyle condition. And I think depression is one of those things. It's like, you know, I say, you know, we're all living in trances. When you say I am depressed, what you're doing is you're grabbing a hat that says, I am depressed. And you're putting it on your head. Mm. Some people never take off that hat. Yeah. Some people will never take off the hat. Other people will say, you know what, my life is going really bad. I'm going to do something about it. And they put on that hat. They flip it off. Yeah. They put it on. But it's only when they're ready. And what I they think like, is that
0: they like the comfort shield, don't they? They like they like the idea But see,
3: this is how identity is so profound in the sense that they found comfort in that world of pain that they know of. Right.
1: Yeah. right. I, right. Up, yes. I am
3: I am comfortable enough to just say i'm depressed and yeah. then i can leave that as is and everything else will make sense yeah. in my life instead of saying you know yep. what, i don't want to be and, depressed. and by the you way and way, I now have i have other people
1: i have other people i have other people to connect with i have other people to share this identity with i have other people to talk about this sort of miserable identity well, i also have other people, people and, qualifying and just, yeah, my identity
3: yeah you guys are both right I don't think I don't think depression is a medical thing. I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's a lifestyle thing as well. But I digress.
1: I, I no, think... No, I, you I, haven't to, digressed To
0: me, that's that's, that's yeah. A, a very that's a very profound point. That it is that it is a, a cultural thing. It's a cultural and also, virus. But then also the idea. It's a virus. That, yeah, and then also the idea that when you tie it into identity because that, that now I'm even looking back at the yes. story I was telling about being seen as insensitive yes. as an adolescent amongst yes. my peers because I was to use the modern parlance denying their identity. Yeah.
2: Because I was
0: going like, okay, now what? And it was like you, okay, you've got and your depression. Now what? I understand Whereas they're what going like, were... No no no, that's it. That's me. I'm I'm I am depressed. My that, yeah. that makes up my yeah. being. You're, you're Ben and you do judo. I'm Steve and I'm depressed.
3: I mean, how would like, you guys I'm feel? I'm sad
1: and listen to the Smiths. Right, yeah.
3: right, exactly. How would you guys feel if, let's say, you guys, you identify as a judo practitioner and someone came around and said, no, you're not a judo practitioner. You're like, fuck you. I'd... Right, 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 yeah. It's the right, same right, thing right. to them. Yeah. I am depressed. Wow. How dare you not acknowledge that, but see that's the thing it's like i understand this because i again i have to my job is to understand perception this is how i help companies grow it's because i'm not i don't care about you in a sense that like we can't control perception in somebody else's mind i can only influence that's the difference between that's what branding is for
1: correct
3: i can't i can't force you to think of me a certain way But I can do things, I can dress certain ways, I can put on tattoos, I can grow up my mustache for you to perceive me a certain way, Mm -hmm. to perceive me as a certain attitude or a certain brand. Right? But the moment that I say, I am this, and you no longer see this in, because we have our own perception of who we see ourselves. And in that sense, this is why we say, I am this. When somebody comes around and says, I don't see you as that, as a matter of fact, I see you as the opposite. It's an insult to the entire reality. It's not just an identity. It's the entire reality that you're completely dismissing. So to anybody who's listening and wants to figure out, okay, how do I go about life without insulting people? All I would say is just learn to show respect at the end of the day. Right? And what when does that mean change. to you?
0: What does showing respect mean to you?
3: You stop trying to change people. Stop mm. trying to activate. Stop trying to convince because they don't want to be convinced. Some people, I remember one of my mentors told me this. He says some people are in this world as an example of what not to be. That's a sole purpose in this life.
1: <laughs> fire. <laughs> that is fire. But I think it's true. That is fire. Yeah. Bro, so even the that. useless. And it is
3: true. Exactly. Even the useless have a use now. That's a useless mind. That's a useless trend. That's a useless hat to put on. I will not put on that hat. I refuse to put on that hat because I see what it's done for that person. If you look at somebody's life and you recognize that is not what you want to be, why would you take advice from them? Why would you take on their reality? Why would you listen to anything they have to say?
0: Take that one home with you guys. Next time you see somebody you definitely don't want to be, go up to them and thank them for showing you that you don't want to be anything (laughs) like (laughs)
1: this. Hey yo, bro. No, this that shit is for real. This is in my building, man. So, uh long story short, bro. Like, suffice it to say this: I ain't never seen a millionaire who can't order a personal trainer. But this dude apparently is the first. This dude is the first, and that is something, like. You know, you before you came in, Ben. Like I was showing, I was showing Angel just how I I eat very simply, I eat very plainly, I train very like, like there's a way. Like you know, my assistant today was like, like, and I'm not saying this to like kind of like to to flex, but like for real, she was like, I'm really impressed about how the way you stay focused because you you told me that you do have ADHD, but somehow you just, just fucking and Ben knows about me. Like I just work. I work, I work, I work, I work, I work, right? And and I and I'll work out. And my but but like everything I eat reflects that. Like meat and potatoes, no additives, nothing added to. I've got some hot sauce on it because I'm, you know, the, there's still the eastern part of me, and I need some spice, yeah. right? I got uh, chicken and 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 broccoli for my next meal, and then the meal my before I go to bed is egg whites and protein. And it's not because I'm like. Of course, I enjoy going to the gym. Of course, I enjoy the the, sort of the physical results of that. But bro, first and foremost, is like to just keep me focused, to keep me sort of honed in. And that is, uh, God, I forgot what my point was was saying all that is. My my point in in saying all that is, is that, that it's crazy to see people who have way more tools than me, they'll not figure it out.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I, would nice. say, uh, I think I think that's the perfect place to wind this one up, or wrap this one up rather. Is is your conceptualization, there, Angel, of how to show respect? Stop trying to change people. That yeah.
3: That would really that's more to... of. I would say that's more of a courtesy. Right, there's a difference between respects and courtesy in there's, there's a difference.
1: Yes. A courtesy yes. is you
3: show to everyone. Yeah. A respect is something that somebody actually earns. Or that you, you earns,
0: earn. yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's yeah. mutual. Yeah. Like, I was listening to Dennis Prager. He talks about this. He says, like, he said how he loves yeah. the word earn. Um, and it's a unique word to English. A lot of other European languages don't have a word for earn. So, like, for example, in mm-hmm. French, you don't earn your money. You yeah. win your money. The verb is win, and he, said, <laughs> and he said like earn is a different. That's a very different verb to win.
2: Yeah.
0: Like it wouldn't sound right if you said I win your respect because that normally means like if you've beaten somebody in a fight or something, maybe you win over their respect. But yeah. earning someone's right. respect, that's that comes right. through competence. That comes through something else. But like I, right. the reason why right. I think this is the right place to stop is. That point there is such a salient point of stop trying to change yes. people because that is the pathology that we yes. find ourselves in is everyone is trying to change. Like it, I heard it once, oh, yes. I think, yes. it's the Jordan Peterson yeah. thing, because it probably was, yeah. um, Of in an argument, and he was talking about being in an argument with your spouse, but I think it applies to arguments anyway, yes. um, is your job is not to uh, win. Your job is to be as clearly understood as possible.
4: Because if you mm-hmm. both have that objective then you yeah. you you
0: both win you both get something out of the conversation and i think that ties in exactly because to what you've just said that's the idea of just aiming to be as clearly understood as possible to what you've said yes. this evening in this recording yes. about you know whether it's your your pinky ring or whether it's how you dress or whether it's your hairstyle right. or whether it's how you speak that's you articulating to the world you're not trying to change anyone you are letting the world know about you which is far more productive especially if everyone else does it rather than you as one individual trying to change other people i honestly i i think that is that is a a brilliant place to wrap this one
1: thank you and that renouncing of that and then just to piggyback renouncing that adversarial Energy, because the reason why I brought up the millionaire guy was I did try to change him. I was like, "Bro, just come me the gym." How did I go? Right. How did that go? As as well as you can imagine, it did, Angel. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it didn't go at all. And right. and and you know the, the the worst part of that is is that I got no negative energies against this dude, but now suddenly ha- yeah. he he ha- he's got this sort of resentment, right? And you know, again, if you, I mean, Ben, you go to to Peterson, when you think about sort of, you know, we've been, had the, this, this, this discussion on masculinity, on sort of adversarial energy, on violence, on all this other stuff. It just reminded me ultimately of like the most successful, It was a, I don't know if it's Peterson who says this, but there's like the most successful sort of alpha chimps within groups form relationships. Are the ones who can cooperate. In a way that doesn't sort of, right, and doesn't bend the other chimps and they last far longer than the yeah. adversarial, bend to my will, do what yeah. I say. And that, I think that's it. I think that's, I think we've nailed it. So, okay, just for, so people can know, uh Angel, where can, where can people find you if they want to learn from you, man? Because this was great. Was oh, man,
3: I typically don't have conversations like this outside of uh, my network and stuff. If you guys really want to find me, you guys can find me on Twitter, uh, aes villain that's short for aesthetic villain uh you can find me on instagram j-o-e-l angel x and then if you guys really want to know more about me hit me up in any of those socials um, i'm typically just someone who likes to just talk with interesting people such as this podcast so yeah yeah
1: thank you buddy and follow me on uh twitter please uh, African It's H-A-L-F-R-I-C-A-N-H-O-D-L. Uh, if you must follow me on Instagram, you can, but you can just ask me that on Twitter. I don't really, you know, I twat way more than I, I post on Instagram. Uh, and then if you want to follow uh, the dude below me uh, or the dude next to me, because uh, I know he'll forget to say this, uh, it's at BenHasWords. Very funny guy. Very smart guy. Definitely, uh, definitely give him a follow. And we, and thanks to our producer, Tyler. We now have an official Twitter account, uh, at Raisin Bread Talk. Uh, follow us there, guys, please. Uh, we've got so many good. Ben and Tyler know this. I've been, I've been working real hard. We've all been working real hard to get as many cool people, uh, just as cool as, as, as Angel and beyond, to, to come and sit down and talk with us. Thank you so much, man. That was a lot of fun. That was
0: great. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you got as much value out of this episode as we did. Uh, If you did, please be sure to share it with somebody. Also, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. And check out another episode of Raisin Bread Talk available wherever you get your podcasts.